What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Big sales! Just had an interesting conversation with my guy, Tone, about the Tampa Bay Rays and how they don't sell out. How can you have a baseball team that's constantly winning 90-plus games every year, competing against the Yankees and the Red Sox, and the only people that go to games are people that are in the old folks' home or strippers? That's it. It's the worst fan base in American sports. By far, the worst. They don't care, and they're good. It's a great organization. Did you hear that thing last night? Phillies and Marlins, did you hear it? It was like a Commanders-Cowboys game. The energy in the building, that's what fall baseball is. When you go to a... Ray's game in Tampa St. Pete at the Fruit Dome. It's like going to visit someone at an old folks home. Applesauce? Air? (laughs) Um, I can't eat chicken because I don't have my dentures in yet. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's the worst fan base on the planet. I covered that team for over a decade and it's a great organization Andrew Silverman does a super job since they took over from Vince Zamoli when they were the devil race that just shows you man what a great fan base can do an organization like get this you don't really think the Phillies are a better organization than the Rays on a consistent basis they're not okay they're not and why is that well because they were built under the John Shearholtz, um theory of pitching. You could lose arms all the time there in Tampa. You don't have arms. Hey, what's going to be the downfall of the Phillies in the playoffs? Pitching. It always is. It always is. It'll be pitching. They, they go after the bats, and Atlanta goes after the arms. That's why Atlanta doesn't need superstar position players. They don't believe in them. They got a philosophy like Howie Roseman. Okay? Well, you tell me. Senor goes hating on the Phillies too? Well, you tell me if you have the pitching that it takes to win a World Series. And last night was great. You think you get that on a consistent basis throughout the playoffs? Absolutely not. And you know Why? You haven't had good starting pitching since Charlie Manuel. Am I wrong? It's not hating. It's what it's been. Your minor league system's terrible. Terrible. 
You get, hey, you're going to go far, but then you're going to run into a team like Atlanta. They're going to mow you down. And, and the guy who runs the Dodgers, Andrew Friedman, he learned all his trade as the general manager of the Rays. That guy has an open checkbook, but acts like he still works for the Rays. That's why they didn't sign Machado. And they went after Mookie Betts. Just, I mean, baseball is the toughest professional championship to win. You can have the greatest players on the planet on your team and go nowhere. Like, if you have LeBron James on your team or Patrick Mahomes, you're in every ball game. I'm going to talk about that here with Jalen Hurts here in a minute. Um, but in baseball, Nolan Arenado, uh, Machado, um, Jesus, uh, Shohei Otani, Mike Trout. What are them guys won? I mean, those are some of the greatest players in baseball today. What have they won? Absolutely nothing. Admiration and money. Okay. Okay? Yeah, you're right, Real. Atlanta's pitching's not good. How does Atlanta then, with a payroll that they have, consistently dominate the National League East? Look at the Rays. The Rays have a $68 million payroll. What's the payroll in Philly? Tom, what's the payroll in Philly? Yeah, Aaron Judge is sitting at home too. What's the payroll with the Phillies? I know the Rays are at $68 million. How you doing? <laughs> 68 million. <laughs> yeah. and, and they beat teams like they finished better than teams like the Yankees and the Mets, who combined spent over $700 million in payroll. Okay, right? The Phillies active payroll is 218, and the raise is 68 million. So let me get this right. The left side of the Phillies infield is what the equivalent of the entire payroll for the Rays is. Solid. <laughs> Money well spent, Dave Dombrowski. Hey, man. Look at Kansas City. They won the World Series. Can you name a guy off that team? Can you name a guy off that Royals team that won the World Series a couple of years ago? James Shields? <laughs> Race season's over in about three hours. Okay? At least I got a chance. At least I got a chance to see them in the postseason again. If you include the minors, the Phillies active payrolls, 256-3. Shit, man, you better do something with that. Quarter of a billion dollars. Eric Cosmer, that's right. He was on that. Eric Cosmer, household name. Speaking of being in it, I got to say this, and you know what? I think I have come up with a new definition for the word elite. When it comes to elite quarterbacks, and you tell me, if this is what every organization, how many times do you go into a game and go, man, they don't have a chance to win that game. They have no chance to win that game. 
Like you, you, you go into a Jets game. Aren't you doing this? Well, what Zach Wilson are we going to see today? Or you go into a Minnesota game and you go, shit, what am I going to get out of Cousins? Pick it, right? Buccaneers. Is that really Baker Mayfield or is Baker Mayfield getting ready for Halloween and actually dressing up as a real quarterback? Dak Prescott. Agreed. Dak. Don't you agree that the word elite might be defined better in pro football today with this? Doesn't Jalen Hurts give you a fighting chance in every single game that he plays in? He may not be playing the greatest ball, but doesn't he give you a chance to win every game? If you have that guy as your starting quarterback, isn't that all you're looking for in your starting quarterback? Is that you go into a game going, well, he ain't going to be the reason we lose. He's going to be the reason that people think we can win. People go like this, obviously, Right, okay, obviously. that You don't define guys like this. I've never heard anyone go, well, I'll tell you what, Jalen Hurts gives you a puncher's chance. Not every team in the NFL does give you an opportunity. Holy cow. This guy must be an asshole to have dinner with. Obviously, that's chicken soup. <laughs> Thank you, dude. <laughs> Thank you. That's chicken. Hey, that's pumpkin bread. Thank you. I, I, thank you. I, I, yeah, okay. Is that what you're saying? See, I never, when I first thought and covered Jalen, I never thought he gave them a great opportunity to win. Now you go into it. He's morphed into this guy where you go like this now. This guy might give you an opportunity to win every single ball game that you're in. He gives you a chance. Josh Allen gives you a chance to win every game. Patrick, how many how many guys in the league are like that? Mahomes, Burrow, not playing well. But so again, get it? Allen, you think Russell Wilson gives you a chance to win every game? I don't think so. Deshaun Watson, sure. Lamar, yep. Matthew Stafford, yeah. Matthew Stafford versus Jalen Hurts. Interesting. Interesting dynamic. Interesting dynamic. Matthew Stafford versus Jalen Hurts. What do you got? Who would you take in that matchup? Hurts or Stafford? No one Stafford. He's already won a Super Bowl. You guys, you call it the consolation prize. Here. Here's your, here's your, um, I participated silver medal, as you guys call it. Here, here. At least he was on the podium. You take Hertz. Okay. I can't, hey, that's the beauty of this. Would I take Hertz over Stafford? I don't know. I don't know. Jalen Hurts. We're going to get to it right now. You think Hurts is playing better than Matthew Stafford right now? What would be your evaluation in the first month of the season of Jalen? I think Zach Wilson's going to throw 300 yards on us. Eh, I don't know about that. 
I don't know about that. How how do you think Jalen's played in the first month of the season? Anybody? How do you, I don't give a shit about last year. How do you think he's played? If you had to evaluate him in the first month of the season, a B, you're out of your mind. Solid B. (laughs) Oh my God. First month of, first month for Jalen has been underwhelming. He has to build off of Washington's performance. He's played a half of football, really, if you think about it. Average at best? Tell you what, how do you think Joe Burrow's played? Dak Prescott, B minus or C plus? Eh, I might go a little lower. I might say C. I might say C for Dak in the first month of the season. Warren says B, not a chance. F, not a chance. He's not playing F ball. Oh, Burrow's playing F. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if we could be fair with Burrow, why can't you be fair with Jalen? Burrow has been an F. I completely agree, and he's the highest paid player in the game. F. Why can't you be honest with Hurts? Let's take a look at Jalen Hurts so far the first month. Let's do the positives, since you guys think that I hate on the kid. What do I like about Jalen? What do I like that Jalen's doing in the first month of the season? He's a calming force. Not everything's good. He knows it, but he's not losing his shit. He's keeping it calm. People are moaning and crying. Goddard and AJ are moaning a little publicly, you know? He's keeping it calm, and he's coming off a Super Bowl where sometimes teams struggle a little bit coming off the Super Bowl loss or Super Bowl win. Kansas City right now. Is kind of going through that. Look, I would say this to you. Personally, I think the Eagles are playing better than Kansas City. Playing better than Kansas City. If you were to play that game right now, I think the Eagles would beat Kansas City in Arrowhead. I do. Now, it would be a high-scoring ball game. And my problem would be your your pass defense is atrocious. And you're not going to stop. Mahomes might go for 700 yards against you if you can't put him on the ground. Okay? He might throw for 700 yards. Okay? So here, let me, let me, I think he's calmed. And I think he knows what's up. And I think he's seen different things now. And he's working through it. And the most important thing is you're working through this shit and you're winning. See, the opponents that you play in that matching up of this and that, it's not really about being 4-0. 
How many people would say this about the Eagles? Do you think the Eagles are getting better week in and week out? Or do you think it has been a flat line? I think it's been a flat line. I actually, because the defense walked back last week. Okay? Against a very limited Washington team. Against a very limited Washington team. I think it's, I think they, I think they've been flatlined. Football team is not playing better. You had one half of football where your passing game looked good. First half, you were down 10 to Washington. Stop blowing up a quarter to make it look like four games. It's not true. It's just not true. So my evaluation here. Now here's the bad. They're throwing different things at him, and he's not adjusting to it right now, nor is the coordinator adjusting to it. And they've also limited his running attempts, and they've actually put handcuffs on the offense. That's why it doesn't look like last year. That's why he doesn't. There's more game film on them. They are so predictable on offense. That's why every team's been in a game. You had a coaching decision that you you lost that. The Washington Commanders lost that game because of a poor coaching decision at the end. Not because you guys outplayed them. Is that fair? Would you agree to that? You didn't beat Washington. Washington lost that game because they made an error in a coaching decision. Right? And that's the best game that guy's played all year. Correct? No. You really think you outplayed Washington? You didn't. You Where did you outplay him? Sam Howe went toe for toe with Jalen. He went toe for toe. No turnovers. Fifth start against the second runner-up MVP. They outrushed you. They held that great rushing attack under 160 yards, whatever their average is. You really think you outplayed Washington and he had more time of possession, more first downs, and you outplayed him. Again, delusional. You're the lesser team. The lesser team made a coaching error. That's how you beat them. You beat them in an overtime with an overtime field goal. So when you say the team is playing A+, and Hertz is playing B, he hasn't had a B game yet. I will, I'll tell you what, I'll probably give him the Washington game because it's 60 minutes of ball when you put it all together. Um, I don't know, B B minus would be okay for that game against Washington. I'm good with that. The um, first game, C minus. The second game, Tampa, C. Um, the Bucks, C plus, B. We're, we're talking about a guy that's probably playing C football right now, Okay. And why is that? It's a predictable offense because the coordinator is not as gifted as Shane Steichen was. I'm wrong about Steichen. Steichen's a good coach. Steichen's a good coach. 
he he's good, man. He's doing a wonderful job with not only Gardner Minshew, but he's also doing a hell of a job without Jonathan Taylor. And he's also doing a good job with Anthony Richardson. That's been a surprise coaching job. Shane Steichen looks like a head coach in the NFL right now. I got to give it to him, man. He does. He looks like a head football coach. And I've been pleasantly surprised by how well he's been able to motivate that football team in, in, in light of the shitty owner that you have. Okay? I mean, he's done a nice job on that. Scott, you can say whatever you want. It's your opinion. I don't believe your offense right now, again, when you talk about what I mean, your offense right now is because you have really good numbers right now because of your running attack, not because your passing attack. Your passing attack is in the 20s. Where is it, Tone? Like 23? So your passing attack is 23, and you think you're, you're doing a good job right now, right? Why can't you accept the obvious? That you're winning ball games in spite of your team flatlining across in these games. Three of the four games you've played, you've allowed every team to have a chance to beat you at the end. That's all teams are trying to do. They're the inferior team. Okay? So Jalen, this first month, see, he's not playing championship football. I don't think Dak Prescott is. Actually, what quarterbacks right now are playing championship football? I'll tell you one thing that I've noticed, and I don't know if you guys have noticed this too. The defenses around the NFL this year have done quite a job at defending some of these big-time quarterbacks. Lamar's look shaky. Deshaun Watson's look shaky. Trevor Lawrence's look shaky. Mahomes's look shaky. Hertz's look shaky. Prescott's shaky. All of them. You know, the only guy that has really come out of the gate throwing the ball, there's been two. It's been Tua and the guy in Miami. Gino, okay, yeah, Gino. Hertz ranks 12th in passing and 12th in passing TDs. Okay. Sounds solid for a $51 million guy. He's playing better than some of those other guys making that bag of money. I'll tell you that. Wouldn't we agree that the defenses this year in the NFL have done a nice job on these guys? You know, of all the $50 million guys, who's playing the best? Purdy's playing spectacular. He's playing spectacular ball. 72% completion percentage. No turnovers. Hasn't lost a regular season game since he's been given the starting reins. Tua's look sensational for a month. Allen's look unbeatable where his bills are right now. Fifth best offense, sixth best defense. The team looks good, man. Now, again, nobody hands out trophies in September. Hey, Tone, I went back and looked at all the big-time quarterbacks, including Hurts. So my, my, my issue is this, right, Tone? Everyone, I don't really know if this is a Jalen thing. I think these defenses have caught up with pretty much all these dudes. 
Give me a quarterback. We're better than the Bengals. You are. I think that Jesse Bates subtraction in Cincinnati, I think that's a bigger loss than what people want to say. Plus the injury to Burrow. That's why you're in that position at one and three right now. Look at the guys. Follow me here. Look at the guys that are having good years throwing the ball. You think there's a lot of game film on Brock Purdy? No. Tua, the play caller in Miami, sensational. And he's got these innovative ways of calling plays. But is there a ton of tape on Tua? Not really. All the guys who are playing well, right, Tom? Everyone. All the guys that are playing well right now, they don't really have a book on them. They got a book on Hurts. Shit, Detroit had a book on Mahomes in week one. I thought the Jets did a great job on him. There's some shitty calls in that game, too, that could have went the other way with New York. Look at the QBs that are... Look at Baker Mayfield down there. Baker Mayfield was like an afterthought. Now he's in a different system. He's got some better players around him. There's no pressure on him. And, And you had the Cleveland book. Well, this is a different deal. They're not asking him to throw for 400 yards. You're just asking him to be efficient on third down, which he is. I think he leads the NFL. That's all they're asking him to do. And they're going to try to win football games with that defense like they did in the opener against Minnesota. C.J. Stroud looks great. That is, without a doubt, a great take. You know why Stroud's looking great? They don't know anything about him. They don't know anything about that guy. And you're like, holy shit, man. How do you defend him? You're not going to go back and watch him against Northwestern. Northwestern, Ohio State. Maybe you'll get some of his characteristics and how he drops back and how he looks around and how he moves receivers. Other than that, you're not going to build a game plan about him playing against Indiana. You got to get NFL tape on the guy, how he handles internal pressure. I think what's happened here to a lot of these $50 million quarterbacks, and especially the dual threat guys, there's nothing Lamar Jack. Hey, you can change the offense. If you change the offense in Baltimore and Philly, you're changing the identity of your quarterback. You can't change the identity of those two quarterbacks. Well, I want, what's his name, to throw more in Baltimore. Well, why? Some go like this. Sill said we should have Jalen run less. Yeah, after what I heard Vermeil say, Vermeil's right. Why would you limit a guy? This is who he is. It's like hiring an on-air guy and telling him, I got some great ideas for your show, and he completely changes the show on you, and it doesn't sound remotely anything like You're showing why you got hired. Some of you understand that. Some of you get it. You you, you get hired because of what you did at another place. They bring you in, and all of a sudden they're asking you to do certain skill sets and different skill sets that you have no idea what you're asked to do, and you fail. Then they wonder why, and then they blame you and fire you. Well, it's him. No, no. You asked me to do something completely different that I've never done. 
I don't play like that. I don't do shows like that. You see it all the time. You can't change Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. And I think the offense, I, I tell you what, you got, you got a couple things fighting against you. Do you know how your offense can turn around? Let the guy run. Let the guy run. Jalen is not a pocket passer. He's a totally not a pocket passer, but he can. Jalen sets his pocket up with his legs. Does that make sense to some of you? Okay. It's it's funny when people say Hertz is breaking 70-year. What's 70-year-old records? What, Cam Newton and the running quarterbacks of the 30s? That's not football. That's rugby. Football today compared to 70 years ago, you didn't have face mask. Don't talk to me about something that you had to drive a horse to a game for. Some guy's telling me that he's breaking a record of 70. Like, we're not talking about Major League Baseball. In a, even Babe Ruth's records are stupid. Babe Ruth's records were against beer-drunk white guys. It's not a diverse league. You might as well have been playing in a wiffle ball league. Baseball didn't happen until 1947. And then 10 years after that, white guy records in the 30s and 40s is a joke. I call them white guy records. Great. You didn't have a diverse sport. Wait, so I want to understand you correctly. You're saying Hertz can throw from the pocket. Yeah, but his legs set up. His legs can set up those deep passes because they're so people don't fear Jalen's arm. They fear Jalen's legs. Is that correct? But that's not what we really want to do. And the coaches are holding him back. Yes. That's why you're seeing those safe. Hey, hey, Tone. That's why you're seeing those safety slides. You're seeing those safety slides because it's built inside of his brain right now from the coaches going, get down, get down. And you're limiting him. Look, 316, like I said, was not, was, was way better. Way better, way better. Way better. But the running sucked except for that third and 11. That third and 11 was crippling. The touchdown passes to A.J. Brown, you still were in a ball game. You Really, you're in a ball game against Sam Howell. Okay? What would have, hey, what would the game plan have truly have been against Washington if you had to do it all over. What would have been the game plan? What would have been the game plan? I would have played my game. I would have got into running the ball, running the ball, running the ball, running the ball, running the ball so that they don't get the ball back. Eventually, you're going to break them. I wonder how much confidence they really have in DeAndre Swift's health. 
And are they saving him? And that's why you see those bonehead substitutions with Gainwell is because they fear two dudes being injured. Goddard is such not a factor on that offense right now because I think it's a coaching decision. I don't think it's a Jalen decision. I think it's a coaching decision. It, there, there's some sort of like power struggle or trying to figure. He can't figure out how to get all the pieces moving in one place. You know, that is an issue sometimes. Has Swift been, some of you will go like this. Swift has been an absolute godsend to the offense, you think, right? I actually think Swift has been actually a detriment to the offense in a way. You want me to know why? You got a first-year coordinator that's trying to figure out a new star and how to implement them. How many times in an NBA in an NBA game have you seen a team, when they add a superstar, they don't know how to add the superstar because they don't know how to get the ball to them? And you have to figure out how to get all the footballs and basketballs to everybody. And that's why you see, and you look at Devontae Smith sometimes, and you're like, six catches, 70 yards? I guess so. Dallas Goddard, two catches, four yards. Then you got one target guy. And you're like, okay, I mean, then you got Swift. And I don't mean that Swift is a detriment talent-wise. I think he's a problem for the coordinator because the coordinator can't figure out how to get the ball in everybody's hands. Tell me you don't think that that doesn't make sense. Goddard was a beast in the last game. That's what Wheel says. Jesus. I don't think Goddard has been shit this last. I don't think he's been shit for a month. <laughs> it's not because he's not good. It's because they haven't used him. Goddard should have ripped that team Washington apart last week. Okay? Tone goes like this. That's an interesting take. <clears throat> totally worth discussing. Look, you got – so get this. Doesn't it come off last year when you had Miles Sanders? It was an easy way to get him the ball. Just turn and hand it to him. Just turn and hand it to him. You weren't as predictable because nobody knew the game tape on you. Nobody knew how Jalen was going to play, and you won first. Would we not agree the problem with the Eagle offense right now? You're not winning first down again. You're just not. You're sporadically winning first down. Like the first series against New England, what was that thing? 14 plays? You can't stop the Eagles when they look like that. That was 2022 Philadelphia Eagles. That opening drive of the year was Philadelphia Eagles football. Just with the wrong guy. And since that drive, there's been more of an effort to get Gainwell going to Goddard. Who makes that call? The coordinator? Or is it once again um, Siri lying? Is it Nick Siri lying? That's the guy that makes those calls? Sometimes I can't understand Nick Siri lying. Okay? I call it a curse of the gifted. They have so many game, game breakers. I think Brian Johnson is overwhelmed by the weapons he has. How about this? What was that thing? What's the offense totally ranked right now um, in, in, the, in the passing game? Did you say it was 12th? 
So you have potentially two Pro Bowl receivers and a Pro Bowl tight end and maybe a Pro Bowl back, and you're not a top 10 offense. And the Rams are. You know why? McVay knows how to move the sticks and knows how to move the football around the field. You're not fifth in passing, Lord. Jesus, criminy. Okay? You're not fifth. You're fifth because of your running game. You have to be like third in running. Fifth in points. I'm talking passing offense. Passing offense is what's going to win you the Super Bowl, not running offense. You have, you're not going to win. Everybody that's come on this program and says you're not going to win a Super Bowl being one-dimensional. You're just not. You're 13th in passing offense. You're second in rushing. Okay. And you're in the weekend of your schedule. Your coordinator is more of the problem than hurts. Okay. Jake, here. Why, why would I say that? What is the one telling trend right now? that leads you to believe that it's not Hurts and it's Brian Johnson. Okay? What is the one trend that shows you it's Brian Johnson? Tone says the offensive play calling struggles. I'll tell you what it is. Jalen Hurts is throwing the ball 68% completion percentage. Okay? Why aren't those numbers higher? Why are his numbers, passing-wise, they should be higher? What's the problem? You're, You're completing almost seven of every 10 passes. And you're trying to tell me he's struggling? Something is struggling. The situational play calling... The the coaching sucks so bad right now. And I mean on offense. Between Sirianni and Brian Johnson, they're holding that team back. Hertz is not the problem. Hertz is not the problem. You know how Hertz would be the problem over a month of football? If he was at 62%, meaning that he's not accurate. Now, the turnovers, you have to go on him a little bit with that. But that's him forcing the ball. Why? Why does Jalen have more turnovers right now at this point of the season than he did a year ago? You know why? They're asking him to make higher percentage turnover plays than he did last year when he ran the ball more. That's why the INTs are up a bit. Not, not, not crippling, but they're up. And they've kept teams in games. Your coaching is so terrible right now. I mean, it's it's it really on offense. I we've been saying this. I really don't have a gigantic cow which on the side because I think there's a lot of personnel decisions over there because of lack of talent, and I do think it's lack of talent in some areas. And you, you're you're how about this the Kobe Dean decision to put him in at linebacker so far in the first month, was a colossal mistake. 
He got hurt. No shit. No shit. That was the scouting report on him. And you have to let these two guys gel. Did it not take TJ Edwards a little bit to get in there and start really feeling how to handle the defense? I think it did. Then it settled down. Dude, Sirianni is without a doubt what Angelo Cataldi said on this program, and I completely agree. He knows how to work the room. He's good at it. And he benefits from a really good organization. They could do without him or with him. He He's the least guy in that building that has any impact on that football team. You know what he does? He calms the locker room down, and you'll start seeing some adversity. I'll tell you what. Everyone was screaming at him when you were two and five. Well, you've won all these ball games. Now you're in love with him. Yeah, we'll see. Matt Nagy was the NFL coach of the year, was fired two years later. Look at Brian Dable right now. Look at Brian Dable. Brian Dable right now, you know what they're saying about Brian Dable? I don't know. I don't know. He sure doesn't look good. So when you're a coach in Philly, you're completely replaceable. Okay? Despite being the brain on defense, the middle linebacker has to stay healthy. Dean played 30 minutes and now can't get out of the ice tub. Bro, it's exact. I mean, we're not even – and get this. That's not even talking about his ability. We don't know. That decision was terrible. The decision not to bring back either Edwards or Kaiser White, terrible. And now it's almost like, hey, I would much rather have the Eagles say this. Do you know, here's something else about what you should be, I think, overjoyed with, with the Eagles and how they win games. The Eagles are beating teams that are the lesser teams. Dallas can't and will never be consistent doing that. You are. In spite of not playing, you're not playing Super Bowl football. You're playing good football against shit teams. You're expected to win. Dallas does the unexpected. They drop those games like Arizona. You know what they're saying about, they're saying because Dallas went to New England and had a better game against them than you did, that they're back. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you have an asterisk on you until you do something special this year because you got the shit kicked out of you by Arizona, who I couldn't even tell you on that team. Who's on that team? Josh Dobbs? Okay. Kaiser White? So Jonathan Gannon beat the living shit out of the Cowboys and the Cowboys go up? I don't subscribe to that. I do not. Or it was in Dallas. It's a home game, too. You were there on Brady night. Opening game. Okay? What happened to the Eagles having a tough schedule? You're not in it yet. You're not in it. I didn't rank it. Everyone else did. Okay? Scott goes, Sills crying because Nick blocked me on Twitter. I, 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 I could care less about having a relationship with the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. 
you have the wrong dude. I, I'm not looking for key fobs to get into the Novacare Center. I could care less. I don't care. You can't be genuine and you can't tell the truth when you're looking for key fobs and wanting to eat in the commissary. I have no interest in that. I never have. Okay? So, again, your coaches, it's not how Jalen's playing. The coaches aren't letting Jalen play. And if Jalen's at a C, the coaches are below that because Jalen is winning games in spite of them. Damn. And you're going up against Raheem Morris, Matthew Stafford, and Sean McVay. Are you the better team? Yeah. Yeah. But you've been playing against better teams, and every team's had a chance to beat you at the end. Now you're going to get the Super Bowl quarterback. Who knows how to beat you? You see the difference with Stafford? He may be injured. And I, and I and I heard D Gunn say this. If I were the Eagle front four, I would do everything in my power to rough that guy up. I would rough him up. Matt, the statue has a Super Bowl ring. Your guy's got a silver medal. And by the way, he had to beat Brady on the way. Then he had to get into the Super Bowl and win it. Who did he beat in the Super Bowl? Who who did um, the Rams beat in the Super Bowl? I'm just, just curious. Burrow. So he went through. He went through Brady and Burrow to win the Super Bowl. For Jalen to get to the Super Bowl, he went through Christian McCaffrey and Josh Daniels and Daniel Jones. And he's having a good year. His numbers don't really kind of show it in the touchdown INT. Stafford's playing, I think he's second in passing yards. He's got a pretty good group, too. And they're getting another guy back, Cup. I don't know how effective he'll be, what kind of conditioning he'll be. And the coaching is superior to you. You got a Super Bowl winning D coordinator, a Super Bowl two-time NFC champion, Super Bowl champion play-calling head coach going against CPA Sirianni and Sean Desai and that thing you have as a coordinator on offense. Bob Johnson. Brian. You better have your playbook. You better, like Tone said yesterday, you better bring two playbooks. There's nothing they're not going to not. By the way, the Eagle offense, why do you think the Eagle offense is so predictable? You know why? Because the coordinator is a brand new dude. And you're limiting the quarterback and running. You're going to be limited. You're going to be predictable. You're predictable. Crossing routes, deep throws, probably four game. A tight end is not a factor in the offense. Uh, you see game will in the game. They want to get him going. That's the trend. When Swift is in, 
Make sure you bring your backers up. He's not going to audible out of that because that's not what they're doing. They're not audibling out of it. They're not changing plays. It's really funny, too, when you watch Hurts do that. He doesn't really change a lot of plays in the game. You notice that? There's really not a lot of audibling. Like when you used to remember Peyton Manning, Omaha, Omaha, that was the changing of the play. Or Brady, Black 80, Black 80. Those were all audibles that were changing out of the – they don't do really any of that. So you know when you go to the line of scrimmage and you're a linebacker, there's not going to be a lot of – the shifting of formations is just what it is. It's a shift in formation. He's not going to audible out of what they do when it comes to their tendencies. There's just not a lot of audibling. And what does that tell you? They've already got a predetermined idea of what they're going to do with the ball. Come hell or high water. That's the predictability I'm talking about. And that comes not from the quarterback. That comes from the coordinator. Okay? That that comes from the coordinator. And the inability to Brian Johnson to have, like, creativity in that, to give him an option. When he sees – this is why – Jalen's not reading the free and strong safety, man. He's getting to the line of scrimmage and reading possession. Got my Hooters gift certificate and hat. Thanks. Maniac, thank you very much for participating in that. And you remind me of that too. By the way, our great friends at Hooters, thank you so much. All you guys have to do is identify our code word like Maniac did. Got his gift certificate. Got his hat. All you do is send us your information and you email us, show at gmail.com. And on a football Monday, we will announce our winners. This is all with our great friends at Hooters, the official home of the National Football Show. We so appreciate that as well. Thank you, Maniac, for reminding me too. Okay? So, see, I mean, he doesn't audible enough because you know why? The coordinator is limited. And some would go, how do you know he's limited? Because Goddard's a non-factor. You Here. And, and Bruce Arians told me this. There's our winners from this week right here, too. Thank you, Nick and Israel. So when Brady comes to the line of scrimmage, Brady will be looking at the free and strong safety. Brady's got kind of an idea where he wants to go with the ball when he just sees the formation. So when he comes and he sees the formation... He watches a linebacker line up over Gronk. This is why Gronk was such an amazing, amazing football player. And he was so quick to absorb the intel of the moment. And those guys were situationally just built-in coaches on the field. Brady would see a guy, and all of a sudden, he'd come to the line of scrimmage. And as soon as, right before the pre-snap, you'd see that backer move off. And you know what Brady had told him? Hey, if you have a guy on your nose, just block. If you don't have a guy, block release. And sure enough, it was up to Brady to sit there and watch that. Brady had an idea where he was going with it because of his head and the way he moved the safeties over, sliding them over. The linebacker goes over, block release, right down the seam. That's what made that shit tough. The Eagles do none of that. Now, it's not who Hurts is. Okay. It's not who Hurts is. Your coach is not doing a very, hey, 
the first month of the season, players, they're they're doing the best they can in winning. Good for them. Players are finding ways to win. Guys are stepping up like Swift and Jalen Carter and Reed Blanken. Here, here are the guys that have really, in the first month, have been a real good, pleasant surprise. Reed Blankenship. Um, Zach Cunningham. Jalen Carter. Fletcher Cox. Jordan Davis. Um, AJ. Swift. Those guys have been pleasant surprises. Pleasant surprises. Okay? Dude, dude, Fletcher Cox looks like a man who wants to come back and play another year in Philly. He looks like he wants to play another year. Or he's out petitioning himself for an opportunity to get another gig. Morrow, you know, know, for a guy that was cut by the Eagles, and the Eagles didn't think much of him, and they hired him back because of necessity. He's increased his value as a player in the league again, where teams are going to go like this. If the Eagles don't want him, we'll take him. I would take him. I totally would take him. Yeah, I I, I think the whole triangle with um, I, I tell you the disasters have been Cam Jurgens has been awful. Um. Nobody on offense has been awful but him. It's just been kind of okay. You know? Just kind of okay. I think AJ has gotten better each week. Devontae is a steady heartbeat. And it's trending like this always. with Dude, good for him. Wrong about him. From day one, his trajectory has gone like this. He's never had this. He's never been that guy. He has just been like this. Hey, you know what, though, Hollywood? AJ wants to be a crybaby and get me 175 yards and three touchdowns. He can cry all day with a pacifier in his mouth all day he wants. I'm good with that. You're producing and you're moaning. I don't care. You're moaning and you suck. I have no place for you. I have no place for you. Your right guard position has been, you you, you have absolute, wait, your upgrade, have you upgraded to, uh, from Swift to Miles Sanders? And here, let's, let's take a look at that. Have, have the Eagles upgraded Miles Sanders when you throw Swift's name? Yeah, because he doesn't run the contact. And look what Swift's doing with that Swiss cheese O-line down in Carolina. So he was a product of that line. Remember something. The offensive line in Detroit is probably third ranked. That's a good group up there with Ragnow and Panay Sewell. That's a good group up there. That's a good-looking offensive line. Them, the Ravens, the Browns, the Eagles, the Niners, they're all in that group. They're all in the group. 
So Swift to me is better in traffic when he runs. He's just a better, he's a better back. He's a better back. Okay? He is. He's a better back. That's an upgrade. The Sayamalo you have not replaced. You have not replaced Kaiser White. Have you replaced Javon Hardgrave? Now, let me put the money into this. $20 million. Hardgrave's got three sacks. And he's a wrecking ball right now with them. He's a wrecking ball next to Armstead and with Boza. That's a pretty good D-line they got up there. That's a good-looking defense. We're going to get to that here at the top of the hour. Okay? Um, Has he been an upgrade? Let's see what you guys say to this one. Has Jalen Carter been an upgrade to Javon Hardgrave? Do you think he's been an upgrade? Devin says yes. Yes. Wash? No way. Here's why it's been a tremendous upgrade. He's impacting the play of Jordan Davis. Javon Hardgrave did not. They had to go out. He was injured. I get it. They had to go out and get two extra dudes. And bringing in Sue and Linville Joseph, Maya stunted his advancement and his growth a year ago. But because, get this, the whole, that group is, I like this group better than last year. And they're better against the run. You've got 700 pounds of defensive tackle in the middle in there. And and I think they're doing it. Hey, hey, Tone, does 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 uh, Fletcher start? Does Fletcher start? Fletcher's got to be 325. So you got 325, 330, 345 in the middle in there. And you got in three guys almost a grand in tonnage. And Milton Williams has played great. Fletcher does start. Also, Hargrave may have a few more sacks, but I think Carter has been an upgrade, and here's why. The running game, Jordan Davis is benefiting, and Carter's cheaper. Absolutely true. A whole thing. You, you, you saved $19 million in that whole entire move. And watch this. You saved $19 million in that move, and you have a player for the next 10-plus years. I mean, Hardgrave, he has $65 million guaranteed. That goes against a cap. What are you going to pay Purdy? I mean, eventually, you're going to have to pay a quarterback in San Francisco. You're, you're, you're going to have to pay. <laughs> you're going to have to pay the guy. <laughs> Especially if he wins. If Brock Purdy wins a Super Bowl making $937,000, Brock Purdy will make $60 million. It's not Kyle Shanahan. Okay? It's not just Kyle Shanahan. You got to have a signal caller. You, you can, you can, these quarterbacks today are their own unique systems. 
How many times do you try to see a guy try to play Jalen Hurts' RPO? They tried to do that with Gardner Minshew, and it was an absolute train wreck. <clears throat> Have you replaced Kaiser White and TJ Edwards? No. But then again, those guys weren't anything to write home about when it came to covering linebackers or anybody. But how about this? I know Gardner Johnson's hurt, but you had to move Bradbury from corner to slot. Tells you all you need to know. They wanted a more athletic guy in the slot. That's how they're looking at that. They're not looking for size. They're looking for athleticism. And a guy playing center field to kind of keep everything in front of him. That is not a physical secondary, except for Reed Blankenship. The rest of them are trying to play everything underneath. That's why your pass defense is atrocious. However, you're keeping everything. What is the one big thing that the Eagle defense has not done still, and it's going on year two? They really haven't given up the plus 25 play. Okay? They have not given up. They they would rather defend the plus 25 play, make these inexperienced, not as talented quarterbacks have to drive the field. I think that makes sense. I totally think that may I'd hey, wouldn't you rather do this? I don't want Josh Allen having the ability to drive the ball down the field on me because he's going to complete at will 80%. Josh Allen's going to complete 80% of his passes against you. And I would say this to you, Matthew Stafford. Stafford lost 75% completion percentage on Sunday. That's a given. That's a given. Shit, the guy Sam Howell almost had that. <clears throat> yeah. The Eagle defense plays prevent defense on first and 10. That's exactly correct. I mean, well, so wait a minute here. Prince, Mac Jones threw for 316 on you. Stafford had 354, four touchdowns and no picks on you. You did a nice job in Mayfield. Sam Howell had 290 and 68% completion percentage. You think any one of those quarterbacks are better than Matthew Stafford? What kind of metrics am I on? Your trends. Your trends. Oh, okay, Patrick. Okay. Plus, this is the best wide receiving core you're going to play. I thought Dallas or um, Tampa's was good. Godwin and um, Mike Evans. Oh, yeah. Uh, Matthew Stafford, like Tone said, be the best quarterback they've played so far. Matthew Stafford will be the best quarterback you've played since the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and let's not forget something about this Rams team. Rams went into – did they go into Seattle and win? Or did they win that game at so high? Okay. Oh, LJ, I was shocked he didn't have more than 80 yards, was it? I was shocked, yeah, because your pass defense, look where it ranks. Where's your pass defense rank right now, 26th? But LJ would try to tell you that you're good back there. 
<laughs> You're good. Oh, Rams went up to Seattle. <clears throat> Interesting. <clears throat> Interesting. Hey, there was a comment made about you indirectly. Indirectly about your Eagle team. We're going to hit on it here at the top. All right. Appreciate everybody here, man. Thank you so much. Our great friends at Hooters, man. 40th anniversary. The iconic Hooter girls. We are the proud home right there of Hooters. And Hooters is the official home of the National Football Show. All seven locations in the Northeast area. Go to, go to northeasthooters.com to find one of the locations nearest you for you to go in and experience what I've been talking about now for over 40 years. Now, look. If you want to order off the great menu and you don't want to go in, Hooters2Go.com, wonderful app. Iconic Hooter Girls will bring the food out to your car. You can take it back to your crib. Have an absolutely great time. Tuesday, some of our great specials and anniversary specials. You buy 10 wings, get 10 boneless free. Wing Wednesdays, 1983. Happy hours are off the charts. Six bucks, six items, fried pickles, try them. Go to NortheastHooters.com. That's NortheastHooters.com. Hour number two, my guy Tone's going to join me at 3.30. Jason Cole at 4.30, our NFL insider, will also join us. More with you. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com.
GLES Eagles. Deion Sanders has been offered a lifetime job at Colorado. And he politely and subtly thanked him for the kind gesture and left it there. Miles Sanders can't catch Swift. Swift can. True. I like how Dion handled it. You see, Colorado's not his destination on what he's looking for. Just like Michigan State wasn't Nick Saban's final stop or LSU. Eventually, you find where home is for you. And you could get better jobs, but sometimes you're in a co- – why do you think Charles Barkley stays at TNT? How many times do you think he's been offered bigger gigs at ESPN or Live or other places? Why do you think he stays at TNT? Because he can do the show he wants. He can be the personality he wants. They protect him. Ernie Johnson's great. That whole show, I mean, I'll tell you what, between the Fox Sunday show and the TNT NBA tip-off show with Shaq and them guys and Barkley, that's the best show on TV. I watch more TNT tip-off than I do NBA basketball. I just, I, I, I do. And like Michigan State wasn't his destination for Saban. Dolphins weren't. LSU wasn't. Toledo wasn't. The Browns being an assistant wasn't. He's right to do that. Colorado is a stepping stone for him. If I were Colorado did the right thing by offering him. They did. TNT NBA tip-off is the best basketball show. No one comes close. Yeah, you know why? ESPN keeps changing those people out and influencing with politics. And they don't do it in a way Barkley does it. Barkley's a funny dude, man. Barkley has no allegiance to Republicans or Democrats. And he comes off that way. And he's not afraid to say shit. That's my point. Those guys aren't afraid to say, those guys aren't afraid to be their personalities. You can't do that in places. Just like in certain media markets, teams like the Eagles control the media. You can't actually do a show in Philadelphia like you could back in the day with Angelo and Howard Eskin and all them guys. You can't do those shows today. They are making bank with him right now. Hey, Prince, I think Barkley is the best sports personality right now in television. Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless, I mean, are are jokes to him. It's a great show. Plus, they keep changing up the ESPN show with talent all the time because they're going bankrupt. Disney's trying to get rid of ESPN because of the poor business decisions. ESPN can't stand alone in the cable world anymore. You know why? You know all those packages that you guys say like Comcast? And you, you, how many channels do you think? What would you say, Tone? How many, how many channels do you have that's on your current cable uh, package right now? 200, 300? How many of those do you use? 10? 20. So 80% of the people that are on your cable package, you don't even tune into. Most people don't watch ESPN. 
Because most people in the world aren't sports fans. There's a lower percentage of that. That's why when Taylor Swift gets involved, she moves the needle. Because she brings what we call in our business P3s. You know who P3s are? Hey, what's going on at that football game? That's who you're trying to attract. I'm not trying to attract Quan or LJ. I'm not trying to attract JM or any of these guys. You guys are hardcore sports guys. You're going to be there anyway. You got to get the outlier guy. That's why sports personalities are more important than sports journalists today. Sports journalist is not entertaining. Having me a guy read a box score is the most unentertaining thing on the planet. And whether that guy is right or wrong on the air when it comes to his numbers or whatever, it's not important. It used to be. Warner Brothers owns TNT. Disney owns ESPN. Tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, shitty management. That's why Discovery fired all them guys at CNN. They're not entertaining. Okay, how, well, well no, hey, Niner, how about this? 54% increase. I look at this shit, man. Hey, Niner, look, look, look at Jerome. Jerome goes, sills his mag all the way. No, I'm content all the way. No, I, the, my politics doesn't bring viewers. My content does. I don't give a shit about politics. I care about content. That When you guys understand that, you'll understand me. Okay? Don't say nice things about us. Ruins the chat. There you go, LJ. Hey. So Swifty brought in, get this, 54% increase in teenage girls to the viewership for Sunday Night Football. Highest rated Sunday night game because of Taylor Swift. If I were the NFL, who's going to be singing? Um, who's singing at the halftime? Who's singing at halftime? Did, who, who did I see that singing at halftime for the NFL? What, what, what like 25 year rapper or rock star or country guy that's completely Usher? Usher hasn't been relevant. In 20 years. Okay. You need Beyonce. You, 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 I mean, hey, I like the rappers in So High Stadium. I, 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 I dig that because I love that kind of music. Okay. But to me, you need Beyonce. Okay. You, you, you need Taylor Swift. Look at what, how is the NFL not looking at that? Every game she goes to, you're getting, Jason Kelsey or uh, Travis Kelsey had 225,000 view or uh, followers on his Twitter. Now he's got a million. Now he's got a million. I mean, I didn't measure that. The networks did. I didn't measure that. Sunday Night Football did. Those aren't my numbers. It, hey, Devin goes, it's annoying. Of course it's annoying to true football fans. I, I saw that um, old hack, um, what's his name? Chris Russo. She's not qualified to be a fan. She doesn't even know who Joe Namath is. Who cares? This is about cashing paychecks and content. 
not about if you know the difference between Joe Namath and Richard Todd. What does that have to do? You know, he's talking to 1% of the world, less than. She talks to like half the world. She's the biggest star in the world. I don't care if it's true or not. It's content. Trump's content. You, and people don't get it. Why do you think CNN blasts him every day? He hasn't been the president in three years. Most of the time, those guys go away. Trump being arrested, beautiful content. Kevin McCarthy being taken out of speaker, great content. I don't care if it's right or wrong. I, I have no bearing on that. I, I could care less. What are you talking about today? Is all I care about. That's it. Talking about Jalen Hurts in Philly. Content. Why? Because you talk about quarterbacks in every city in American football in this country. Do you know what they're doing up in um, New York right now? They're talking about Zach Wilson and Brian Dable and Daniel Jones. They're not talking about the left defensive tackle, Dexter Lawrence, or the nose. They're talking about those dudes. You know what they're talking about in Cincinnati right now? Joe Burrow. You know what they're talking about in Chicago? Justin Fields. Do you know what they're talking about in Los Angeles? Justin Herbert, Matthew Stafford. You know what they're talking about in San Francisco? Brock Purdy. You know what they're talking about in Dallas? Going to get to that in a minute. Jerry Jones and then his team. Jerry Jones is content. Jerry Jones is the face of the Cowboys, not Dak Prescott. He's the only sports person in America that's the face of a respected sports team in this country. Name me another one. Let me think. In America. Rooney's? No. I figure that's why you tweet what you tweet. I tweet the way I do. And I've 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 learned to be I actually what I do now is I'll I'll sit on a tweet for about 25 minutes before I send it instead of just sending. How do I feel about it 25 minutes later? Okay, if I feel the same way, I'll send it. Do you know 90% of the time I delete it? Okay? I delete it. I, I'm not I'm not kidding. So I, I, I delete it. Donald Trump is the greatest thing ever happened to news news talk and the worst thing ever happened to sports talk. I can't wait for you guys him, him to go away. Prior to Donald Trump going on and being a public figure, sports talk dominated in many markets, news talk. But news talk dominates now because of Trump. Joe Biden doesn't move the needle. You kidding me, man? It's like watching a weekend at Bernie's. Seriously, man, I feel sorry for the guy. I mean, can't you make the steps to Air Force One a little bit smoother or even give him an elevator? I mean, do something for the guy. Watching him fall off his bike and off a 
ladder is not cool. Fumbling over at the Air Force Academy is not cool. That is not something I like seeing. A guy, an old man falling down like that. That's not cool. Okay, I don't care what you think of the guy. That's just not cool. I wouldn't want that to happen to my aunt. Okay, I mean, that's just... So when you guys are sitting here telling me, Sills Mag... Sills Maga, I don't even really know what that is, but okay, if you think that, I'm I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm totally not. I vote for the United States of America, man. I do. Whoever the head coach is on Pennsylvania Avenue, you got to hope for his success. Because if you root for the your head coach to have failure, we all fail. We don't, I don't think a lot of people get that anymore. We all fail. Trump's the worst thing ever happened to America. Phenomenal. Phenomenal content. Phenomenal content. Because there's people on the other side that think he's the greatest thing ever happened. That's called polarizing. I'm trying to help you guys out here on how shows like Joe Rogan, our show, and other shows, I'm not driven by what I really like. I'm driven by what you are talking about. I thought you'd be smarter than that. That's why when you hear guys in Philly on the radio cheerleading the way you do, can I tell you the difference between me and those guys on 97.5 and on WIP? You know what the number one difference is? I can actually tell you what I'm watching. They can't. They can't. And if they do, they have to go and circle the earth to get to the point. And it doesn't sound as harsh as the way I do it. I can just get to the point. That's what you don't like. You can't do those shows anymore like that. You've got to be subtle, which means a bullshit artist. You can't come out and go like this. Nick Sirianni, do you think I could actually go on the air at WIP and say Nick Sirianni's a cheerleader? Do you think I could say that without my bosses coming on me and firing me? Do you think I could say that on WIP? I think Nick Sirianni's a cheerleader. Who, what do you think of Hurts? I think the guy who's play calling. This is what would happen if I was on the radio. What do you think of Brian Johnson? Tone, you know this is true. I'd go like this. That guy doesn't know what he's doing. He's not very good at what he's doing. The organization is not letting Jalen Hurts play Jalen Hurts football. And they got a long way to go with that coordinator. It's a downgrade from Shane Steichen. I'd be called a racist by the end of the day. You can't say that on t- you can't say that on radio in that market. <laughs> you you can't. But you know it's true. Because you sit at home going, "Why are we doing this? Where is Dallas Goddard?" Okay, what? Hey, Hollywood goes like this. 97.5 with fire sales. No comment. I'm going to honor Joe Krause and Xander and not punch down. 
So I'll leave that alone. Okay. By the way, do you know why I like working at Jacob? Because those guys put up with my shit. Very few places you can get into screaming matches and your boys in the end. That to me is winning. That's a winning locker room. Okay? That's freaking winning. It's freedom. Absolutely. All right. There was a comment made about you guys. And it was from Jerry Jones. How did you take this? Jerry Jones says the Super Bowl goes through San Francisco. Not Philly. Is he is he right? He doesn't fear Philly. Because he beats Philly. Jer- no, no. Jerry Jones said this. The Super Bowl goes through San Francisco. That's a big game on Sunday night. That's a big game. Big game. Of course he's going to say that. Well, is he wrong? (laughs) Is he wrong? See, where I, I think this is, the reason why he doesn't respect Philadelphia, he doesn't. I don't think he respects you guys. I don't think he looks at the Eagles this year as a super threat like he did a year ago. A year ago, he said, that team's good. This year, it's San Francisco. They play him Sunday night. And what he's doing also is he's setting the bar high for the team that comes out of this game that will be the perennial favorite. That thing's going to get monster ratings. That thing is going to have monster numbers. Monster numbers. But hey, no one respects the Eagles? Well, I think that'd be a mistake. I, I hey, hey, you better have the better roster. And I, you know what? If you look down the schedule of teams that you're going to play, even against Buffalo, you think Buffalo's got a better roster than Philly? I don't know. They got a better quarterback than you, but that that doesn't mean they got a better roster than you. Is is he wrong? Taylor Swift's not going to be at that game. She's going to be at the Kelsey game. She's going to be at the Kelsey game. Jerry Jones setting the bar high. Setting the bar high. Let's bring my guy Tone in. Big sales. Got a little Jerry opening up his pie hole, don't you, man? I <laughs> the, mean, way, the way I see it, you know, it's funny. He says it goes through uh, it goes through San Francisco. Well, at least we know it's not going through Dallas. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, 
San Francisco's going to kick the shit out of that team. I'm sorry. They're just more physical. It's going to be entertaining, man. I'm I'm really looking forward to that matchup because, you know, we're seeing Brock Purdy play at a level that we didn't really think was possible, and he's doing it on a consistent basis. He's playing within that offense. He's not hurting them, and I think that's what's most important about that San Francisco team. He's not hurting them, and that defense is just playing lights out, lights out man. That defense is so talented on all three levels, man. It's just – you know, you know, when you're not paying a quarterback position, you're able to build a defense like that. Um, the Cowboys, look, the Cowboys are always going to be a threat. And I'm always going to respect the Dallas Cowboys from the perspective of, you know, they typically win against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I'm always going to respect my divisional opponents. So it's going to be really entertaining to see how it turns out. I definitely would take Jeffrey Lurie in a fight over Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones, <laughs> Jerry Jones right now is in the same shape that Joe Biden's in. So I'll leave it at that. Oh, <laughs> Lord have mercy. LJ, do you, do you think it's been an upgrade, though, Jalen Carter um, versus Javon Hardgrave? Put the money in it, too. Of course, of course. Um, You know what? I have to call it an upgrade because these are the kind of moves that GMs win executive of, executive of the year for. You know what I mean? When you had the opportunity, when free agency comes and you have a guy of Javon Hardgrave's caliber and he's coming off of his best year, it's really easy to get caught up in the whirlwind of, re, uh, of bringing that guy back. It's really easy to get caught up in um, how sexy those stats are, and you kind of feel compelled to resign a guy like that. But a guy like Harry Roseman, he trusts his process. He knows how to stand pat, and he doesn't get caught up in the whirlwind. Instead, you know what he does? He brings in a guy like Jalen Carter. I don't know how the NFL let that happen, but it happened, and he brought in Jalen Carter. Sure. Javon Hargrave, and I said this to you in, in the uh, private chat, uh, Javon Hargrave may have the, the sacks. I think he has about three or four in the season. But when you really think about it, those are just four plays that he made, right? Four sacks, four plays that he made. When it comes to Jalen Carter, he's he's up there with the best of him in pressures. I think he's ranked, I think he's ranked first or second in pressures amongst uh, DTs. He's right behind Aaron Donald, and he's playing significantly less snaps. That's another thing to keep in mind as well. Uh, the starters are Fletcher Cox and Jordan Davis. Jalen Carter is the one that's rotating in. So when you put all that into perspective, and on top of that, the running game has significantly improved. It didn't just get better. It's night and day. Oh, yeah. and, on top, and on top of that, Jordan Davis is playing the best football that we thought he could play. Um, he's bouncing off of Jalen Carter perfectly. Um, he's healthy. Uh, Fletcher Cox looks like a man on a mission. I, I honestly think Jalen Carter was an upgrade over Javon Hargrave for all those reasons I mentioned. Is it me also – Jerry Jones is starting to look like the guy from Poltergeist. I mean, the guy that knocked on the door. Let, let me in. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't, it's kind of like a resemblance there to that there. All right. Let me let me go back to the first hour and get your your take on. Right. Tell me your evaluation on Jalen Hurts here. Um, I think he's being held For back. For the first month. Um, I think he's being held back. Um, I feel like I'm seeing a guy who's thinking more. Um I see a guy out there who's thinking rather than playing instinctually. Um, if I had to put a grade on it, and look, before I give the grade, right, I want Eagles fans to understand this. A guy like Jalen Hurts, the standard he holds himself to, we would never be able to comprehend it. So when we're critical of Jalen Hurts or when we say certain things about him, you got to understand whatever we're saying, whatever he's saying to himself is 10 times worse. Don't you think so, in our evaluation tone, because I, I, I never – thought about putting it out like that that maybe it's not my take maybe it's what i think he thinks out of how he's playing also plus my evaluation because there's no way he thinks he's playing really well 
right? I think he probably thinks he's playing. I don't. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to change your take here, but I'm just saying. You know, I, I. I think I never thought of it that way. That I'm also adding as a former professional player how they look at their own game. Exactly. You know, Jen, let's let's be totally honest. You know, excuse my French, but Jalen Hurts doesn't want you to kiss his ass. That, no, that, that's not even the kind of player he is. So. You know, when Jalen Hurts shows you what he showed you in 2022, right? You know, he became the starter officially in 2021, uh, uh, went 9-8 and eight as a team, made the playoffs, followed that up in 2022. Even when the league had film on him from 2021, I think that's a concept that doesn't get talked about enough. They had film on him in 2021, but he elevated his game to a point in 2022 that, that they didn't anticipate, which forced them to respond in 2023. So um, in a roundabout way, Jalen Hurts right now, in my humble opinion, First month of football through four games, I think he's playing C plus football, and and, and and I'm being honest. And you guys see me, I'm, I have a hurt season hat on. You know, I got hurts right there in the back, right there, him and Smitty on the poster. Like I, I'm I'm a Jalen Hurts guy through and through. But the way at the way I'm watching this football game, um, but I, I you know I don't think that C plus grade belongs to him alone. I think that C I think that C grade belongs to Brian Johnson. It belongs to Nick Sirianni. Um, this offense is, 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 in my opinion, is lacking a certain level of creativity. If you ask me, I feel like too often they're relying on the A.J. Brown bomb to bail them out. They need to be more creative and intermediate. That's what's missing from this offense. I think they're too predictable. And what I said in the first hour, what's your take on that? I think this guy's struggling with all the pieces around him because in the offenses maybe that he's been a coordinator to, you know, very seldom. I mean, and that's why you see the lack of Goddard. And because he's so new at it, Tone, what you got is you got these experienced defensive coordinators throwing new looks at a new coordinator. And what you're doing is in the background, you're also telling Hertz to do those predetermined slides. You're taking a little bit away and the apprehension on the run game away. And that's why I think you're seeing it's almost like Jalen's late. Mm. You know what I mean? It's it, it, he just doesn't seem like he was always ahead of the sticks and ahead of the play. It just seems like there's a there's a flinch or a pause. Hey, and almost everything he look, they're doing. Hey, listen, remember, you know how you always bring up that third and 11, right? Where he broke the uh, Washington yeah. back, right? Didn't he look faster on that play? Because I, I, I want to take what you said. I think he just said, hey, screw it. I'm going to get this bitch. He, he, he looked faster. And every other play besides that, you know, every game prior to that, we've all been saying, doesn't he look slower? What's going on? He looks like he's thinking out there. On that third and 11, he looked faster. You want to know why? Because he made his mind up. And you know, Jalen Hurts is better when he, he he's he's a better quarterback when you allow him to do him. You know, in the offseason, I talked about, you know, maybe we need him to run less, right? And I've really been thinking about this. And after seeing these first four games, I want Jalen Hurts to be Jalen Hurts. You yeah. know, I'll you know, I you know I'll admit it. I was one I was one of those people where I said I, I, I want him to run a, a little less, 170 carries. I'm not comfortable with it. Right now he's on pace for about 120, 130. Um, so that's okay. But um, after watching these first four games, my opinion has changed from the offseason. I want Jalen Hurts to go out there and do him. Whatever happens, happens. I'm going to say this to you about this matchup on Sunday here. Um, of course, Eagles have a better roster, but they don't have a better roster of coaches. My fear going into this game is coaching and coaching in-game decisions because you got Raheem Morris. Mm -hmm. You've got one of the greatest defensive football players in the history of the NFL lining up over a position that has been a negative in that offense, that left, that right guard position, and he's lining up over that position whoever that is, is not going to be able to deal. You're going to have to get a lot of help from Kelsey and down blocks from Lane for that to be a fact. You're going to have to look at 99, and you're going to have to circle that guy on the chalkboard 
Plus, you have Sean McVay. We talked about this yesterday. One of the best innovative play callers, head coaches. Because what I love about what he does, and for some reason in Philly, they don't do this. Sean has nothing to do with the defense. Like, there's two head coaches in Los Angeles. Raheem Morris, is the he's the defensive head coach. That's his decision on what they do. Les Snead and Kevin Demoff have told me that. That's why he hired Wade Phillips back in the day. Wade, it's your show. You tell us what we need. We'll tell you how we are looking at it and evaluating you. His job is to evaluate Raheem, not to coach Raheem. And that's why Raheem has the ninth best defense in the NFL right now with pieces that I was kind of shocked that they're doing so well on. Right. And they've got a better win right now on the ledger, Tone, with that Seahawks win on the road up there than the Eagles do. Matthew Stafford, all those coaches, plus that wide receiver group, this is going to be – how about this? This is going to be an interesting ball game. Yeah, it's going to be really fascinating to watch because I believe um, the Rams just activated um, Cooper Hub's twenty uh, Cooper Cup's yeah. twenty-one day practice window, so there's a chance he may he may play uh, this Sunday. I don't know how effective he'll be coming off of that injury. Um, it's a it's a it's a hamstring, so who knows how effective he'll really be? But to uh, to your point about Sean McVay, just the coaching staff versus coaching staff, right? Look, you know there are two games for me that stand out. Um, for Nick Sirianni, where I kind of looked at him different and it kind of changed how I view him. Um, it was the New Orleans game last season and it was the Super Bowl. From those two games, it's led me to question him a little bit. And now I'm watching him like a hawk. Um, you know, you said something about the fact that in Sean McVay's staff, uh, he has Raheem Morris and he pretty much runs his defense entirely. I was talking to John McMullen on 24 on football 24-7 last night. Make sure you guys go check us out. We do that about three times a week. Um I asked him about the defense and, you know, one of the things, one of the things he said that, st that stood out to me was the fact that, you know, when John McGannon was here last year, even Sean decided this year, they're running the defense the way Nick Sirianni wants them to run, uh, to run the defense. So that tells me. Organizationally. These, it's, it's, it's an organization slash head coach decision on what, on what they want that defense to look like. It's not, they're not bringing in pure defensive minds and telling them, cook on defense right if you notice they're, they're they're constantly bringing in these young guys that don't really have too much weight to throw around in these negotiations so um i've always i've always been of the mindset i don't mind having a young you know a young and spry offensive mind on you know on, on my coaching staff but i always want someone experienced um you know on the defensive side and with the philadelphia eagles on defense they're running that defense the way they they wanted that defense the way Nick Sirianni and Harry Roseman wants them to win that defense. And I don't know how successful that can be in the long term because everyone's running this style of defense. John McMullen hates this defensive concept. He he hates everything about it. Um and I and I had to agree with him. So um it's gonna it's gonna be tough to see uh this passing defense go up uh, go up against Matthew Stafford, who's ranked second in the league in passing yards. Um I believe I I'll be honest, I, I think Matthew Stafford is gonna throw for 300 yards. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles on defense are just going to have to be opportunistic and maybe force some turnovers and get some key three and outs. But uh, Matthew Stafford's going to move that ball. You're right, Keon. Sirianni has no say when it comes to coaching because that's a Howie Roseman decision. Exactly. Because you know why? It makes it easier on the personnel. Like, you don't really believe that Nick Sirianni had anything to do with the signing of that that defensive back yesterday. Oh, no. It, he, he, nor did Sean Desai have anything to do with it. How no, he signed them yeah. because you know why? It's a fundamental decision 
on how they're going to play defense. They believe in plug and play. Yeah. That's why. How many times do you see? Look at the, look at the difference that Vic Fangio has made in the first month of the season for the Miami Dolphins. Albeit, you know, they go up to Buffalo and get their doorknobs knocked off, but still, Buffalo is an exceptional football team and playing great ball right now with Allen. Yeah having to be coached a little bit better. But yeah. this is where, again, that I think the front office goes off their skis here a bit. Dude, you're not allowing these coaches to be creative. You know, you're not allowing these guys like, okay, so check it out. You're not allowing Deshaun decide to be creative, nor are you allowing really Jalen Hurts to continue his progression and how he plays the game. You're actually telling him to do less than you did a year ago by running less. Jalen Hurts is 275, 250, and 75. If you're going to land on that pod, you can't try to reinvent that pod. Because if you are, you're diminishing the guy's skill set. He's not a drop-back quarterback. And I'll give you this stat again, Tone. It's not a Jalen Hurts issue. If Jalen Hurts was at 62% completion percentage and he wasn't accurate, mm -hmm. I'd be like this. Okay, well... Hertz is not finding the barn door. Right, he can't even. Right. He he's he's not. He's still accurate. You said something interesting earlier. You said in the first segment, above all else, the reason they're four and is because Jalen Hurts has been a calming force. Calming. And the, through all the coaching turnover, through all the sideline, you know, antics. He's been able to keep this team focusing on the main thing, and that's winning games. You know, it hasn't looked exactly how they want, and I would I would have loved to seen much more clean wins than you know than what we've seen. I, I would have loved for us to have been dominating our games the way San Francisco has. That's just the reality. But 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 the reality also is that you know they, they they've been going through some coaching turnover. Jalen Hurts, I think he's still trying to feel. I think he's still trying to feel his way around around the room when it comes to Brian Johnson and how he wants things to get done. You know, I tell people all the time, right? His relationship with Brian Johnson is so overrated. I'm gonna tell you why, because you know he wasn't calling plays for Jalen Hurts when he was four years old. You get what I mean? So yeah. I'll, so I look at it like this: Yes, Brian Johnson and Jalen Hurts they have an all field relationship because Jalen Hurts' dad coached Brian Johnson. Yeah, they have that. They know of each other. But they are in the process of nurturing and building something on the field. That's two different kind of relationships. Me and you, Sills, we, you know, me and you can kick it, you know, um, you know, outside of the business world. But maybe maybe if we work inside the uh, same company, maybe we have two different ways of going about things. And maybe we can't work together, but we can, you know, but we can go get a beer together. Right. So uh, either, you know, but but the point is Jalen Hurts is in a situation where he's trying to fill himself around this new coordinator. And Brian Johnson is trying to fill himself away, you know, you know, fill himself around this new situation as the play caller. They're building this new chemistry, this new uh, this new relationship, not as peers, but more so as um, offensive play caller and offensive signal caller. That's something new that they're trying to develop. That second half of the Washington game was the first time we saw any kind of continuity in the passing game. And you saw Jalen Hurts elevate his game to another level. I think, I think this game against the Rams is going to be a shootout. I think Jalen Hurts is going to, I think Jalen Hurts is going to play his best game of the season. You mentioned something there, and I'll tell you what, it's hard to find your place in an organization when you have people making decisions above the coaching staff. And when you have that, it's get this, they're winning games because people don't know their, their place in the organization right now. That includes the coordinator and the head coach. It's why he falls on the sword and saying that Brian Johnson's doing a fabulous job. No, he's not. That comes from Howie. 
He's trying to deflect. Okay. That's how, you know, he has no say in this thing because anybody with their common sense and brains would know that a head coach would never allow some of the decision makings that are going on. By the way, I'm not going to tell Jalen hurts to pull it back. I'm just going to do this. Jalen, it's up to you how you play this game. Just be smart. I'm not going to go like this. Hey, when you see a guy come and slide, get down, we need you not to run as much or call less plays. That's why it's becoming predictable. So, Tone, when you tell me that he's not going to run as much and you're going to have him as a drop-back guy back there and you know the way that he's playing the ball, what they're going to do is they're going to drop five in the box, which they've done, and they've kept those games. Those, those big plays that they made to A.J., it was still a game. You didn't win that Washington game because you outplayed Washington. You won that game because Ron Rivera didn't go for the win at the end when he was the lesser team. They he got was some on breaks. the one-yard line. The yeah. one-yard line. That was got a some breaks, for sure. decision. A yeah. coaching decision. He said, And he took the lesser one, and I do believe what you're saying, the conservative one, that could have cost him his job more. If I'm Josh Harris, I would have much rather have had him go for it and lose that way then lose with a field goal in overtime on the road in Philly. It just, yeah. it's a, I think that's a worse look. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely with you on that. You know, the way I see it, I'm always trying to, you know, punch somebody in the mouth when, you know, whenever I get a chance. So I feel like Ron, I feel like Ron Rivera had a golden opportunity to steal that game and uh, he and just keep didn't his do it. Job. You, you know, like uh, I'll be, I'll be honest, man, the Eagles are 4-0 and I, and I'm so grateful for it. And I, you know, I don't, you know, I don't devalue the record the bottom line. You had to put the work in to get there. Those guys, you know, those guys, you know, put in their blood, sweat, and tears to get that 4 0 record, and there's more to come. I'm pretty sure of that. But the Philadelphia Eagles can easily be two and two right now. You know, it's 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 you know they they they've got some breaks in some of these games. You know, for well, example, in the front end of the schedule right now. Yeah. They're not into the meat of the schedule. Dallas is going to get into the meat of their schedule too here. Right, right. So the way I see it, even though you're struggling a little bit, at least you know, at least they're winning the games. You know, I take that. You know, I take that and I and I and I hold that in a high regard because they can be struggling and losing, and that's and, and that's not a good mix. The fact that they're winning and they're still trying to figure some things out—that's the signs of, in my opinion, a well-coached team. Um, despite the penalties, I think it's also the signs of a disciplined team and a team that's led by the right person. And Jalen Hurts, the quarterback position, like I always say, is bigger than just um, your arm strength. You know, to me, uh, the quarterback position is one um, 75% from the neck up. And I think Jalen Hurts got that part down pat. Um, I think he, I, I think Jalen Hurts, I think we, we haven't yet, we've yet to see the best Jalen Hurts. So again, um, I'm really looking forward to this Rams matchup because I think this is going to be a game where Jalen Hurts throws for 300 plus yards. Um, I think I said this to you yesterday. He's going to have like three passing touchdowns. I, I, I really think this is going to be the game for Jalen Hurts and he's in LA. I think it's going to be exciting. Um, I don't think it's Jalen Hurts. I don't need I I think the coordinators I think they're holding him back, honestly. I do I completely think they're holding him back. I I I think the attitude and the play calling, it's not creative, it's predictable. Yeah, you're going against coaches that know how to deal think with think about this. Does Brian Johnson seem like he's calling plays confidently? No. And like I don't like I don't feel conviction in his does, play does call. Does Jalen execute him confidently? You know what I'm saying? I don't. I don't see the conviction in the offense. What? Dirt. Get this. The play calling doesn't have confidence. The player is not sure of the situation to call that play in. That's why he seems late sometimes. Hertz has played one half of really good ball. 
and the rest of them have been okay. That's for the first month of the season. But that's to me, is how Brian Johnson has called the plays. Yeah. It has been so freaking conservative. It's almost like, and dude, people will go like this. Well, it's got to be a little with Hurts. I go, man, if he was not completing seven of every 10 passes, I'd be like, you're right. The guy, there, is there some inaccuracy on deep throws? And we see them, but a lot, I mean, and also something I brought up earlier too, Tone, yeah. about the defensive guys, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, even Mahomes, all these $50 million guys, tell you what, these D coordinators are having a pretty good start to the season because there ain't one of those guys. E even Robert Sala versus Allen in game one, you're seeing these coordinators now catching up a little bit with these guys, and there's got to be some adjusting. You yeah. look, look at the guys that are playing well. Teams run the ball, and the Brock Purdy, to a tug of Viola, not a shit ton of film on them guys. Right, right. You're no, now it's... getting a chance to get a little game film on. That's what Sean McDermott had on him. And you've got to adjust. And that's why when you got a training wheels OC doing this and you're telling him not to really beat Jalen Hurts, it just looks it's a step behind. Yeah, let me tell you this real quick, right? Um last season, and this is about Shane Steichen, right? This is about your point about the uh, the coordinators and specifically Brian Johnson. There was a, uh, in that Pittsburgh game, right, um, last season, that's uh, the Eagles dominated Pittsburgh from beginning to end, but there was a sequence where uh, Shane Steichen called, um, he called uh, a bubble screen for Dallas Goddard. And the play was successful. And uh, Zach Pascal, a uh, former uh, former wide receiver, we had him last year. Zach Pascal was uh, Zach Pascal's job was to go out and block, right? So Zach Pascal um, leaked out. He blocked. Dallas got a court screen. He got it maybe five or ten yards or whatever. Shane Steichen followed that up a little bit later in the game. Same exact play, but the difference was Dallas Goddard was the blocker, and Dallas Goddard faked like he was going to. Dallas, Dallas Goddard faked like he was gonna get a he was gonna get a bubble screen. He faked like he was gonna get the pass. And Zach Pascal faked like he was gonna block for him like he did in the previous play. Instead, Dallas Goddard ended up blocking. Zach Pascal cut up field for a wheel route, wide open touchdown. My point in bringing that up is in Shane with Shane Steichen last year, you saw sequencing. You yep. saw you saw one, two, one. You yep. saw you saw one, two. One, two, three. You saw combinations. Pacing. You get, you get what I mean? You saw pacing. You saw you saw plays setting up the other play. This year, I have yet to see a sequence or a moment where I've seen Outside a, of the opening slide against New England. Exactly. I have yet to see a play set up the other play. You know what I mean? I've like I, I haven't seen any continuity or beautiful sequencing from Brian Johnson thus far. It just seems like he's just calling the play. And telling them to make it happen. You know, as a coordinator, you have to coordinate. You know what I mean? You have to, you know, you you have to you have to literally um um you know throw you know throw some meat out there so them guys can bite on it and then all of a sudden you pull it back and then you and and then you give them the old sleight of hand trick. You know what I mean? You have to be you have to be a magician out there. Shane Steichen was a magician out there with the play calling. And Brian Johnson right now he looks like the uh he looks at the assistant. You know what I mean? It's I'll just say this to you. Bang, 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 bang. All right. <laughs> you got to coordinate. Gotta coordinate. Look at that. Look at that. Holy cow. Look at the look at inside. He had the jacket and the belt, man. Dude, that's one of my oh, favorite man. movies, man. Hey, 
Marcus, I hear your. <laughs> you got a. <laughs> hey, real Bang. quick, Aaron Donald. What kind, <laughs> what kind of damage do you think he does? Uh, Aaron Donald? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so we have a backup in there in Suo Opeta. I like Suo Opeta. Um, but, yeah, I do too. But but, 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 you know, but 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 here's the thing, right? Uh, the Rams, you know, they were, you know, they run a forty front, so you know, you're not going to see Aaron Donald lined up over the nose, right? You're going to no. see Aaron, you're going to see Aaron Donald, you know, in a one technique. You know what I'm saying? Maybe a two eye. You're going to see him doing all that. He's going to come and, off that three technique and, on him. And Aaron Donald, <laughs> Aaron Donald's going to, uh, he's going to. I think Aaron Donald leaves that game would be a second and a half. Like he's going to, he, he or maybe two. He's he's, he's going to eat for sure. He's see, here's eat. the problem. The reason I say that is because the Eagle running backs aren't very good in pass, and pass pro. And it's making, a, it's making the offensive lineman look bad. Yeah, I, got a, I got a question guys, for you. Look, they're not great, they're, or they're not playing great as of now, but the backs have lowered the grade. So, 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 so let me ask you this really quickly, right? What's, you know, we, you know, we, you know, we got four games to tape on all the teams and, you know, four games in my opinion, um, you know, you start to establish a trend, right? How do you believe or how do you think the Philadelphia Eagles should enter this matchup with the Rams? How do you think they should approach it offensively? Run the ball. Run right at Donald, right? Run right at him. Because Donald can't can't stop the run. He's too small. They can't. They're not good at the run. What I don't want to get into and having Brian – see, this is going to sound crazy. I don't want to put the ball in the hands of Brian Johnson in the passing game. I'd rather put the ball in the hands – of Lane Johnson and Jalen in the running game. Because you know why? Less turnover opportunities. You're not going to have a coordinator like Raheem, dude. Raheem's a great coach. And Raheem is going to see the predictability. It's not predictability. And everyone's being offended that I'm saying the offense is predictable. It's not Jalen. Brian Johnson's predictable. He's the one that's being predictable right now. It's not creative. They're doing the same shit every week, dude. Right. And look, and look, you know, I want to, you know, I want to get a brother, you know, a break, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, he's only, he's only coordinated four games and you know, they're, you know, it's, it's a seven, it's a 17 game season. And you know, why would you do that as an organization for a guy like Jalen Hurts who finished second in the NFL, not get him the best coordinator possible. I don't want my best friend. I want the best coordinator. Like you said, though, Tone, this is about putting the best personnel you possibly can, player-wise, coaching-wise. Why would you bring in two training wheel coaches on both sides of the ball when you're at the cusp of winning a Super Bowl? Is it because Howie really wants all that power in the building to be able to determine personnel, coaching changes, playing for personality? He doesn't want to lose what he lost with Brian Kelly. That's what this all comes down to, man. This comes down to all that right there. Okay, not Brian Kelly. Uh, what's uh, Chip, Chip, Chip. Chip and, um, Kelly. And, uh, and, this and, comes and Doug down as well. Doug, Doug counts them too. This comes down to that shit right there because to me, again, you have Pro Bowl. You have seven Pro Bowls on offense. Mm-hmm. And you hire a guy who's never coordinated down in his life because he's bent. He's boys with Jalen and his dad. Yeah, you know the thing is, I, I, really? I also I, I also think you know he was you know he was he was given the job because it was a it was a because you know when, you know when, when you're in the Super Bowl you kind of get la- you kind of get last dibs on you know the pool of um, potential people that can take over for your coordinator job right you know a lot of those a lot of those top guys were taken pretty early 
So you can't really just. And Frank got the job in Carolina because he was going to take and come back to Philly. Right. I remember you had him on and he said something. Um, yeah. He said something to that nature. So it was like, you know, I felt like I felt like they looked like they wanted to they wanted to limit the amount of movement on that staff as much as they possibly could. Because remember, they lost more than just um, they lost more than just Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon. They lost they they lost a lot of people. So I felt like Harry Rosen looked at it like this. I don't want to have too much movement that I already, you know, that I already had to deal with. Let me just elevate Brian Johnson. He's been a quarterback coach since 2021. It's not like he's a new guy. He's been here for the past three years. So let me elevate him, see what that looks like. As far as, as far as the defense goes, they lost everybody on defense except for Tracy Rocker, everybody. So obviously, obviously Tracy Rocker is not going to be the head coach. So they had to outsource for that. Um, but again, I go back, I go back to this point I made earlier. I want, I want a guy with experience calling plays on defense but at the same time you know i'm willing i'm willing to throw show on the side bone because he's been doing you know pretty much what's supposed to be expected but you know you know with all the injuries I'm and losing, okay with and losing all those guys um brian johnson look you got four games down so far i need you to take it to another level you know i'm not going to i'm not going to call for his job because i don't really like doing that but i will say this you need to elevate your game as the play caller, especially when you start going up against the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins, the Chiefs, the Cowboys. You're going to have to coach your ass off. You know, all that training will stuff has to ha- has to go. We're trying to win a Super Bowl here. That's how I carry this big sales. I'm not here. I'm not here to talk about NFC championships. I'm not here to talk about division titles. I'm not here to argue with Cowboys for uh, Cowboys fans on Twitter. I don't get into that. Did we win or did we lose? Did we win the big game or did we lose the big game? You know, I, that's all I care about. And if we're not and if we're not putting this team in position to do that, then what the hell are we doing it for? How about this? Let me show you an example of what I just said. So Eric Bieniemy leaves Kansas City. It would have been easy for him just to hire and elevate somebody that Mahomes likes. What's he do? He goes and gets a former NFL coach of the year who's a hell of a coordinator in Matt Nagy, mm-hmm. and he brings him in for Mahomes. What do the Eagles do? They hired Jalen's boy. I mean, that dude, you're and, and what, what's troubling about it is there's no need for that because the thing that cost you the Super Bowl was your ineptness coaching. I agree. Your decision making and coaching in critical situations will cost you again in critical moments. We see it play out constantly. The play calling, the situational play calling, the decision making that I even pointed out on the third and one. I, I tell you what, man, that's like coaching 101, where they gave the commanders another opportunity to pick up the first down. I was so pissed dropped, off. Dropped I was the so pissed back off. And played pitch and catch on an easier play. I was so pissed off. You know, where, where, hey, if you're gonna go third and one, press the press the receivers, right? Don't make the don't make it or decline the penalty. Make it fourth and one and make the shittier team have to make the tougher decision. Yeah, because at the end of the day. One opportunity versus two opportunities. Right. You gave them two opportunities. And an easier play. And an the, easier play. An easier play because you came off the ball. Right. And also on top of that, if you really was paying attention to that game, they were killing you on third and six, third and five. So why would you put them in that in, in that down and distance where they've been comfortable there? Right? Like force a guy like Ron Rivera, who clearly struggles at making tough decisions, make him make one. And then at that point, you play defense. You lean on your defensive line. So it's it's ridiculous. They pick and choose like that play, like that moment 
showed like told me a lot because yeah, if you really trusted your defensive line, you would have took that fourth and one. But clearly, you had some weird reservation, and you wanted to put your trust in your DBs who were getting cooked all day. And you I'm play third down, and you play them off the line of scrimmage. So I'm willing to bet on the defensive line rather than my DBs in that game. Fourth and one tells me you. Fourth and one tells me you trust the D line. Third and six tells me you trust your DBs more, and that's where they made the mistake. And Davis and Carter playing against the run. You're number one in the NFL in run defense. Right. And what you do is you give him another opportunity, drop to corners, play pitch and catch, an easier, even easier play on a guy who was in his fifth start. I mean, that again, people will go like this, but it's a collection of those. Right. That we've seen in the first month. Yeah, yeah. The coaching the in my, so far. Coaching, in my opinion, I you know the record is the record, but when I'm just looking at their coaching in the vacuum, I can't give them an A or a B. What like like the record aside, because the players the players contribute to their record too. That's a team stat. But record aside, if I just look at the coaching performance in a vacuum with tunnel vision, I cannot give them a B. I got to give them like a C plus, a C. That's, and again, reason. and again, maybe I'm a tough grader because because at the end of the day, I hold people to high standards. Because say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I care. The moment I stop holding you to a high standard, that's when you should be concerned. My dad always told me, my parents always told me this. You may, you know, start being concerned when I stop talking. Start being, right. you know, start being concerned when I'm not paying attention. Damn when I'm right. on, when I'm on your ass, that means I believe in you. <laughs> you get what I mean? When I'm not, hey, listen, we got some concerns here, baby boy. Hey man, I used to tell people this all the time with Jimmy Johnson. We get on I me mean, and finally I just go like this to him, Tone. I go like this. Why are you always effing on me, man? He looked at me and he went right there in his office. But let me tell you something, big boy. When I stop talking shit to you and I stop helping you, that's when you got more of a concern. Okay. I just went like this. Holy shit. That was the end of that. Hey, Dan, senior football asked us an interesting question. You know, I gave you a grade with the coaches in the vacuum, right? And I gave them a C. What would you give Jalen, not thinking about the coaches, not thinking about the record, just based on what we've seen from Jalen, in and off, like in and of itself, what grade would you give Jalen by himself? B plus. B plus. I'm I'm good with that. I'd probably say B B minus. But I think I, he's I think winning in spite of them. I, yes, yes, I, I I agree with that. I agree with that. Okay, his talent is the only thing that is winning for them right now offensively. That's it. Uh, w- without the coaches, B plus. With the coaches, C. Yeah, I think that's I think that's about right. That yeah, because I think the coaches, and again, the only reason that I would give the coaches a C also, maybe a C plus, because they are four and zero. But I think that's fool's gold for them, and I think that's reality for Jalen. If that makes any kind of sense for you, wonderful for the players and Jalen Hurts. Those coaches look. I tell you what, Buffalo looks better than them coaching. Uh, than what the Eagles do. I mean, yeah, yeah. And let me let me throw one last thing at you here about Brian yeah, Johnson. Sure. 
Look how long it took Ken Dorsey to come around and for those guys to start seeing eye to eye. Yeah. That it took a year and four games yeah, last for those year. guys to see eye to eye. So if anybody and they still thinks, were winning games. That's the thing, right? They still yeah, were winning. They went 13 the- to three last year. They were still winning games, but people were doing this shit. How come he looks like he walked back? And all of a sudden now you're looking at it like this. Say, look at this here, Tone. Check it out. Regular season in the last two years with, with Ken Dorsey, they're 16 and four. They've won 20, 16 to 20 ball games. And people were right. talking shit on Ken Dorsey. All of a sudden now people are going like this. Holy shit, that team looks like the best offense in the NFL right now. Hey, maybe it takes 20 games for these guys to get on pace here. And they almost had a moment in week – well, they did have a moment in week one where we all were like, hold on, wait. Is this going to be one of those seasons again? And then they they went back to the drawing board and they said, hold on, wait. We're not not doing this. And all of a sudden, you saw them just flip the switch in week two, week three, week four. Um, It's really exciting to see that in Buffalo – um, but maybe you're right. You know, again, um, we're, we're, we're judging we're judging Brian Johnson off of a four game sample size in a 17 game season. Um, that's a really small. Well, sample they judged they judged Nick after a two and five start and took the play calling away. That's a good point. That's a good point. He was judged, you know, head coach. The stakes are higher, but still offensive coordinator. You know, your, your job is to make sure the offense is prepared. You know, the reality is, man. You know, there's some pressure, you know, I th- and I think they're all feeling it coming off the Super Bowl. I think they're feeling it. And Brian Johnson may be feeling it because he looks like he looks like he he I guess he looks at it like this. I have a there's an expectation here and, you know, he has to live up to that. And it's not easy. So, you know, so um, overall, again, they're four. No, it's going. It, it, you know, they're they're winning. Um, it's It's been a bumpy ride, but they're winning. Um, I would much rather them be four and zero than one and three or two and two, especially with the record getting harder. This is that this 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 is the kind of or with the schedule getting harder. This is the kind of schedule that you need to do your work early. Absolutely. You know, at, at the very least, at the very least, if you lose to Buffalo or if you lose to Miami, okay, all right. But at least you did your work early, and you still have a little bit of a leg up on other teams in your division. So you know, we'll see what happens. I think this game this Sunday, I'm really excited about it, man. Rams, Eagles. I think it's going to be a shootout for sure. Yeah, the Eagles are in a wagon train right now, not a not a train. They're taking the wagon <laughs> to get in a 4-0. Some of these other teams are taking the train. We'll see what happens. Uh, Jason Cole's going to be jumping aboard with us. Yes, Thank sir. you, Tone. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you, Big Sales, man. Thanks for the opportunity, as always, Of sir. course, man. You're getting better and better, dog. You're going to get your own show real soon. You're absolutely great. We appreciate him being part of the program now as we move forward with our 2-6 to six hours here, East Coast time. Jason Cole's going to join us also at 4.30. Hey, our good friends at Hooters, we're so proud to have them as the official sponsor of the National Football Show. Can't tell you how much we appreciate that. Seven locations in the Northeast area. Go to northeasthooters.com to find a location nearest to you for you to be able to experience what I've been talking about for 40 years. By the way, the iconic Hooter girls, man, in the celebration of the 40 years, they'll take the food out to you. If you want to go, Hooters2Go.com, very simple, very easy. All you have to do is, again, go to Hooters2Go.com. If you do go into any one of the places, like tomorrow night for Thursday Night Football, Tuesdays, buy 10 wings, get 10 boneless free, wing Wednesdays, 40-year tradition, 1983, the year the place was founded by Ed Drosty back in the day, all you can eat. Saturday's kids eat for free. The great happy hours. Go to northeasttutors.com. That's northeasttutors.com. And when you go into any one of the Hooters, do me a favor. You tell them Big Sill sent you.
Ball and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. number what are we on now two three i get lost in this bad puppy here our number two here appreciate everybody coming aboard thank you so much um let me throw this at you here um how about this matchup here mike tomlin and john harbaugh will be going after and will be coaching against each other for the 34th time For the 34th time. 34th time. Only Hallis and Curly Lambeau have gone against each other 49 times in NFL history. That's some... Are both these coaches Hall of Famers? You think these guys are Hall of Famers? I don't think it's Jalen Hurts panicking under the bright lights. I don't. I think it's got a lot to do with the play calling. 
You think these guys are Hall of I love Mike Tomlin, and I love John Harbaugh. I think John Harbaugh is the most underrated coach in the NFL. Okay? I do. So do you actually think Tony Dungy's a better coach than John Harbaugh? How many people think Tony Dungy's a better coach than John Harbaugh? John Harbaugh won a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco, and Tony Dungy won a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. So who's underachieved? You think Tony Dungy over or underachieved? And it's funny. When you ask that question about your owner in Philly, you look at him and you go, one Super Bowl in 30 years? How about Tony Dungy? One Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. Daryl goes, you're not a tough grader. You just don't know football. Okay? I'm sure you know a lot, Daryl, about flag football and playing in your backyard with your dad. And playing with your guys in the neighborhood, I'm very sure you do. <laughs> you're you're probably one of hey, you know who hey guys, do you know who Daryl is? He's the guy that goes into a bar and he goes into um and tells the guy who played 10 years in the NFL or somebody, you know what he does? He's the guy that goes in there and goes, Hey, I'd have been an NFL all pro if I didn't get hurt in my sophomore year on the JV team in high school. That's the guy he'd have been. <laughs> and there's always that guy. You know, I'd have been a superstar too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's all right, Dell. It's all good, kid. You and Quad can hang out and tell me how much I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. One of the uh, Hey, by the way, we're going to take a look at week five of the NFL here in a second. We're also going to take a look at – we're going to get off Brian Johnson's ass a little bit and move towards the Rams and look at what the Rams are going to possess this weekend when we look at what they're going to throw at you guys. But if, before I do that, how about Aaron Rodgers calling – Travis Kelsey, Mr. Pfizer. <laughs> he did this on the Pat McAfee show. He did this on the Pat McAfee show. He called him Mr. Pfizer. He goes, you know, you know, everyone's feeling pretty good coming out of the Jets game. And, you know, Pat didn't really kill us too much. And Mr. Pfizer didn't really go off all that much. And I was like, holy shit. He won't let that go, will he? He just will not let that go, man. Dude, let it go. Let it go. You're not. He likes causing trouble. Aaron Rodgers. Okay, just let that shit go, man. You're not going to go anywhere with that. You're just not. Mr. Pfizer. (laughs) Yeah, Mr. Pfizer didn't kill us. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, hey, Mr. Pfizer. Ugh. <laughs> hey, hey, <clears throat> Tone, I think we're going to have to um, 
rescheduled Jason for tomorrow. Um, I think he, um, I think he's got like an engagement or something happened. So um, we'll see if he pops in or not. If he doesn't, um, we'll we'll just do him tomorrow. I like Aaron Rodgers, but dude, leave that alone, man. There's no reason to bring that shit because, see, to me, this is a guy in Aaron Rodgers. This is a guy in Aaron Rodgers. Hey, hey, Rodgers is a shit talker. I bet you and him would get along well in a mushroom field. Wow. Wow. My, I don't know about mushrooms, man, but I'll tell you what. If me and him were in a house and you had one of those, like, you know, chimneys on it, you know, when you get a new Pope, you could see us come out of that maybe. <laughs> You might see us come out of something like that, right? Hey, do we have a new Pope or is that Cilio and Rogers in a hut? <laughs> Shit. See, but you do. You, now what you get is you get people going, oh, so he's anti-vax. He's like, what? The, there's no need for that. Let that shit go, dude. See, that, that that's, do you really want to battle that right now with all the people out there that, well, hey, by the way, I am not here to tell you to get one or not. That's not my place in life. That's everybody's personal decision. I've always believed that when it comes to the vaccinations, you do what you want to do. It has nothing to do with me, nothing. And you don't have anything to do with me in that decision-making. My problem was with the people trying to make the decisions for me. You're never going to make a decision for me. That's not going to happen, especially my incompetent government. Would you really let a business like the United States government make a decision for you that could have a decision on your life? Would, would you ever, hey, listen, I'm going to let an airplane pilot who I don't know fly the airplane and I'm going to trust him because I got to trust him. Do I know what he's doing? No. Do I know how experienced he is? No. But he's an airline pilot. I got to get on the airline. <laughs> so when, when, when certain people tell me one thing, certain people tell me another, then the government, I'm not listening to a government guy tell me what I need or not need. I'm going to listen to the guys in the white jackets. Yeah, it's good for you. Maybe not. Make your own decision. Fantastic. Thank you. So when Rogers is doing that, it be, again, you bring politics into something that fans like you guys are going like this. I don't need that shit, man. Dude, throw the football. Shut up. Okay? And, and, and I say this to Aaron Rodgers. It's funny. When you say something like that to LeBron, you're called a racist. But when you say it to Aaron Rodgers, no one calls you a racist. Because I guess it's an Italian guy saying it. Rodgers, just throw the football and shut up. Stop playing politics. Okay, when, when you do shit like that, you're not going to determine whether I take a vaccination or not. You have just like LeBron. LeBron, is he a vax guy? I don't know if he's, I, I'm not listening to him because he's a vax guy. It's just it just came, it was on the Pat McAfee show and he did that yesterday. OK, I mean, right. You and me are like this. I would never tell wheel. Hey, wheel. It's your responsibility. Like, like that ass pipe, Howard Stern. You should all be locked up. 
you should all be shot and killed or whatever he was saying, people who didn't take it. What an asshole thing to say, especially coming from a guy who did blackface and now all of a sudden he's pretending he's some woke guy and now all of a sudden he's pretending on a, he's on that side of the aisle. I don't get that guy. I just don't get stern anymore. I'd, all of a sudden now he's nothing. When I used to listen to him when I was a kid, it was it was must listen to TV and radio. He was insane. I got hey, I don't know. So, hey Tone, you're too young for this, but some of you may have remembered this, right, Wheel? I'm 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 going to Catholic High in Connecticut, and I'm going to high school. This guy calls up Air Florida traffic controller. Hey, this is Howard Stern. I'd like to make a reservation for the Fifth Street Bridge. The day earlier, an airplane hit the Fifth Street Bridge, Air Florida, and killed people in, like, the Potomac. This guy's making, he's making a plane reservation for the Fifth Street Bridge. And you're like, what? And now he's telling people how great a guy he is. Hey, once you cross the bridge, man, you're that guy or you're not that guy. You can't walk back over and go, I didn't mean it. Right? That's what you guys tell me all the time. That, I mean, right? <laughs> I got, before I get to your defense here, I got a question for you. Would you guys be interested in Randy Gregory? Looks like the Broncos are going to cut him. You change your opinion on Hertz weekly because Hertz changes his play weekly. Some days he plays well, some days he doesn't. My opinion doesn't change it, Jalen. His play does. Like last year, he was runner-up the MVP. This year, he's not playing as well. Numerous circumstances. I go by the way Hurts plays. That's fair. Hey, thank you, man. I never thought about it that way. You're right. My opinion goes the way Jalen plays. Yeah. Do you think? Th I think that's fair. Sure. Right? Yeah. See, you think that I tie it in because you think I, I evaluate him because he's a good guy. Works. So I don't. I don't really care about that. How are you playing? I'm not looking to date you. How are you playing? Playing well. Last week was better. He played. He played well. Yeah. Would you look at? Would you look at Randy Gregory for depth? I like this kid. I don't know how trustworthy he is. He's only 30. He's only he's only 30. So you put Randy Gregory on that D-line as depth with um Brandy Graham. How about that? Brandon Graham? Because are you really getting anything out of Nolan Smith? Holy shit, plus he's a cowboy. <laughs> oh, man. That would be great. Plus he's a cowboy. 
And he left Jerry high and dry for more money to go to Denver. Denver's whacking him because of money. The Broncos are getting rid of his ass because of money. Gregory would take Barnett snaps. Well, Randy Gregory's a better player than Derek Barnett. He's a better player. How much money? I don't know how. So you, you probably you would have to wait for him to get cut. You'd have to wait for him to get cut. Because I don't want to. I, I think he's I think he's still in that contract. So you'd have to wait for him. He's not going to get cut. He's going to get waived, which means he goes down. Wow. The, the Eagles would have like them and the uh, Chiefs would have the last pick at him. I could see Kansas City picking that guy up. Who else, man? Who else would pick that guy up? Would Arizona pick him up? Maybe. Maybe Arizona would pick him up. Um, Elliot goes, we need Sills around his wrong team. What, what have I been wrong on this year? Everything I said about your team has played out. Everything. 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 Giants? <laughs> the Giants need all the help they can get. Okay? Um, I was right about Dean. Let's see. I was right about your shitty pass defense, your offense struggling, your defense. Hey, by the way, the Eagles didn't think Jordan Davis was going to play as well as he did. They thought he was a one, first and second down guy. Is he got? He's playing better. Long way to go before you're crowning him the top defensive tackle in the East. Let's see consistency. We see ta- You know where you are with those two guys right now. You see talent, but talent also has to have consistency. That leads me to this before we get to the defense. I don't want to. I don't want to get off track here because I want to talk about the defense versus the Rams. Where do you put Aaron Ron, Aaron Donald in the hierarchy of NFL? How great a player do you think he is? Who would you compare him to? Who would you compare Aaron Donald to? What player? Top 10 or 15 Defensive lineman ever? John Randall? No way, Warren Sapp. Not a chance. Not a chance. Dana Stubblefield? Better than him. Merlin Olson. <laughs> okay. Here are the top defensive tackles in NFL history. Joe Green. You start with Joe Green and everybody else, you can kind of fill in the blank. The most intimidating defensive tackle in the history of pro football is Joe Green. You put Merlin Olson second. 
Third DT. Probably Bob Lilly. Fourth. Sap. Sap, Randy White. Sap or Randy White? Would you do that? I cannot believe that I'm going to be able to do this and ask my friend Jason Cole this question. Jason was going to reschedule for tomorrow, and I didn't see it until late, but he's popping on with us. So, Jason, I'll keep you for a little bit here, but I want to – hey, we were just because the Eagles are playing against Aaron Donald and the Rams. I mm-hmm. wrote these four guys down. Joe Green, number one. Merlin Olsen, number two. Bob Lilly, number three. Where does Aaron Donald rank, in your opinion, as some of the greatest defensive tackles of all time? Well, he's in a discussion with those guys. I'm not sure he's quite the same as a run stopper. Um, and I'm not sure he would translate into their era. Like, you're talking about a bunch of guys who are mostly 60s, 70s player players where it's much more run-heavy game. And you had to be a little stouter, in terms, even in terms of height. But, like, he's better than Warren Sapp. Um, and Warren Sapp is, you know, one of the best interior guys of the last, oh, yeah. you know, 25 years, 30 years, whatever you want, however far you want to go back. Um, in, if you were to say in the modern era of the passing game, with a wide open game where it's not, you know, as heavy duty. He's he's somewhere in the top five guys, top three. It's interesting um, you say that, Jay. So you 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 look at it like this. Back in the day when you had Lily and them guys, it was a twenty passing attempt league. Today, because it's a fifty five pass attempt league, he fits the era. Oh, absolutely. 100%. He's a he's the best of this era interior-wise, no, without question in my mind. I'd have to really think, think through all the defensive tackles. And, you know, like Fletcher Cox is a really good player because Fletcher could do a little bit of both, right? Like he's sturdy but could push the pocket. Um, he wasn't a closer the same way um, that Aaron Donald did. But, you know, the closing ability is a big deal. Like, you have to be able to get the quarterback on the ground um, and make them and make them feel scared. You know, like that part, I'm, I'm out at, I'm at the 49ers camp today, and one of the things that I'm talking about with them is Brock Purdy doesn't hesitate, right? Like, he just runs plays and he does it really well, partly because he hasn't been in those kinds of situations where people have been able to pressure him a lot or at least we didn't see it against the Eagles because he got hurt. I would have really loved to have seen how he handled what the Eagles do. And I'm really interested to see what the Cowboys do to him in this game because if the Cowboys are going to win on Sunday, like they're going to have to try and fluster him and, and get him out of his game because when he's in his game, 
they score 30 points. And if they score 30 points, you know, good night. That's how, that's how that is with him. So the defensive tackle has to be able to, you know, to be really, truly great in today's game, the defensive tackle has to be able to get to the quarterback and either really harass him or in Aaron Donald's case, get him on the ground. Donald is the best at getting him on the ground. I know you're at work right now, so I'll, I'll keep it short. So I'll, I'll, I'll no, no, I'm, I'm okay. I, I, I just got done in the locker room. So we're okay. okay. Great. Great. Cause I got a couple questions about that Sunday night game then. Okay. Um, Who's more important to the sticks being moved in that offensive huddle for San Francisco, Christian McCaffrey or Brock Purdy? Well, McCaffrey, McCaffrey's about, you know, is McCaffrey's the better player, the more elite player. And I'm not trying to undersell a quarterback still as a quarterback, right? They have to make decisions, but they build their, their game plan much more around the talents of McCaffrey, then Debo Kittle and that, and, Purdy is there to execute what they lay out and distribute the ball to the open guy, which he's great at doing. He's just, he's amazing. And again, like if you put Brock Purdy on a bad team like New England right now, he wouldn't be very good. He'd be okay, but they wouldn't win. Like he doesn't raise the level of the guys around him like that. But on this team, you put him there, he's perfect at distributing. You know, people have called him a point card. I think that's a fair analysis. But I, the thing that I like most about him is he has a plan going up to the line of scrimmage. And no matter what the defense throws at him, he has an answer for that. And there's no hesitation. And you know this as a defensive lineman. You're trying to get the quarterback to hesitate, mis- make mistakes. You know, the old classic line that people talk about with Sam Darnold, see ghosts. Well, that's the point of what the defense is trying to do. They're trying to make the quarterback see ghosts. They're trying to rattle him. Um, Brock Purdy doesn't get rattled. Um, He may not be the most talented guy in the world. Like, he doesn't have a big arm. He's not a big-bodied guy or anything like that. But he does not get rattled. He knows what what he wants to do. And what made me think of this this week is I was, you know, I saw the Charles Barkley quotes where he was talking about, I'd rather play against a guy who's a great athlete than a guy who's really smart. Brock Purdy's really, really smart at football. I don't know how he is in everything else, but he's not a great athlete, but God, he's a smart player. And he, he seems to be really tough right now to play against. Do you think he's playing the best football the first month of the season of any quarterback in the league? Um, he's the most efficient. He's getting the most out of himself. Like if you're saying, Who's getting the most out of their ability? Absolutely, it's Brock Purdy. He's he's been phenomenal, but Tua has been terrific at times. Um, So's Allen. You know, Pat, you know, and Josh Allen. You know, he had a bad first game, but you know, he was terrific the la- you know the last three games. And you know, Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes. And there are other guys who are just they're more gifted. Than Brock Purdy, so they can you know, like, like Patrick Mahomes can simply make passes that Brock Purdy cannot make. He's just, you know, that's his skill set, and you can't take that away from him. But Brock Purdy, for what he is, with what he has around him, is playing as a, as well as he possibly can, and as efficiently as he possibly can. Two last questions for you, Jace. Um, Jerry Jones said today in his radio show that the Super Bowl goes through San Francisco. Do you believe that as much as Jerry does? Uh, I'm not quite there yet. Um, 
you know, the defending champions are still the defending champions. And I think Buffalo is awfully good. Um, Baltimore's done some things early on that make me like them. I like, I just think it's a little early. I think Jerry's trying to look, Jerry wants everybody to believe that this is the game that everybody should watch. And I think Jerry's putting some pressure on his own people to see how that works. But, you know, if I was a player or a coach for Jerry, I'd like Jerry to just shut up and let's show up on Sunday, but that's not what Jerry does. Right. Kind of like, let's just play the game because Here's the thing, and, you know, Les Bowen in Philadelphia made, you know, the retired sports writer, he made a great point about this, right? If you make this the biggest game of the year for the Cowboys, what are you going to do for the next 12 weeks? <laughs> right? Like, if this, is, if this is your Super Bowl, if the Super Bowl goes through here and this, and like, okay, so how do I get ready for the next 12 weeks? What what logical game do I play on? Yes, it's a big game. Everybody's going to be watching. You want to lay your claim to being the best team. There's no question about it. But win or lose, you still got to play 12 more games, and those games are going to count, and you don't know what's going to happen over the next three months. You don't know who's going to get hurt, who's not going to get hurt, who's got to be ready, who's got a home field event. You know, you like You got a lot of season left to play. Calm down. Calm the F down. Okay? If you're one of those guys, have the fans hype it up. Let them go enjoy it. That's great. Say, yeah, this is a big rivalry game. We hate those guys. That's all That's all good. But we got a lot of other season left to play. It's just like last week when I said Philly. Look, Philadelphia is not playing the most efficient football that it can. But Philadelphia, when it wants to impose its will, on other teams still can do that and beat them all right and and dominate most situations are they playing really sharp football right now no are they still really dangerous and one of the one or two or three best teams in the nfc with a very good chance to get to the super bowl and probably win it absolutely do you think that's the difference between dallas and san francisco sunday night is that san francisco is just a physical team I think Dallas is a finesse team. And I think when they get in that game with them, I mean, when I look at that team with Dallas, they just seem like a finesse team. San Francisco uh, looks like a physically like, imposing team. San Francisco is a physically imposing team. Philadelphia is a physically imposing team. I think Dallas creates chaos. I don't think they're, they want to be a physically imposing team, especially on offense with their running game. Where the biggest problem is I see is, Look, Dak is a league average quarterback. He's a good player, not a great player. And what you see in pressure moments with Dak Prescott, and we saw this in their loss to Arizona, fourth down play around the goal line. You got to score. He throws it in the dirt. Another play, you know, down in the, in the red zone. Got to get a touchdown. Interception. That's the story of his career. Under the most, you know, hesitation, the yips, the critical moments. He's not quite big enough and good enough for that moment. And that to me is, is the, that is the essential problem that separates the Cowboys from everybody else. I think they have a lot of tools and they're a really good team. Yeah. They've had some injuries. They had injuries last year. Diggs is out this year. Um, but you know, I could see them in the Super Bowl, but a lot of things have to go right and they have to cover up and not ask Dak to do a lot. If you ask Dak to do a lot, you're asking for trouble. 
And finally, when when Jason's at the game Sunday, you can pick up his book and read it. That's and right. Ordered, That's right. And when you're ordering at the uh, Santa Clara Stadium, T and Crumpets, this makes for a fine read because I it's I don't tea go to crumpets and then, with tea and and then crumpets a wine and white chaser. wine spritzers. It's a night it's a night game, so they're going to be drinking wine, not tea and crumpets. Tea oh, and crumpets yeah, are, are for the tea. early starts. That's and the early starts with little toothpicks, right? That's what you guys serve out there. <laughs> I, you know, I don't eat that. Well, I you're eat with right fr- near your school, Stanford. I, I, I mean, that's right. I am. Well, tea and crumpets, we definitely do at Stanford. That's that's definitely true at Stanford. Well, it's a white, that's a sh- white wine spritzer crowd. Definitely. Look, look at it. See, when someone shows up at my seat like this and goes, "Would you like a white wine or a Chardonnay, or would you like?" What's a wrong with that? What's wrong with that? I'm at a you football know? game. I want a Brighton <laughs> beer. I don't want. A, I don't want cake bread Merlot. <laughs> I I tend to agree with you, but I got to defend my people. <laughs> Jace, thank you, man. Have a fun time out west. Later, dude. See ya. You got it. Our good friend Jason Cole, Hall of Fame voter. He's there for the huge game. 49ers and Cowboys. The entire world will be watching Sunday night football. And the Eagles will be at So High Stadium. And their fans. I can't. Hey. <laughs> hang on for a minute. Hang on. Hang on. I got to tell you this. Uh, uh, Tone goes, you and Cole are hilarious. How long have you known each other? 30 years. I've known him. That he, I've known him since I was in college. And I know, I've known him since he was covering national football. We've been friends a long time. He knows shit about me that I'd have to actually kill him. If he ever went public with. So, I mean, that's what that a tone. He's the guy that I would have to kill. Okay. Cause he knows too much BS about big sales. Yeah. He went to Stanford. So I don't know, man, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he I don't know. <laughs> White wine spritzers. So wait a minute here. So let me get this right. Philadelphia fans. Are going to be at So High Stadium? <sighs> Stanford guy and a Miami guy walks into a bar. That never happened. Big Seals doesn't go into a bar with another dude. <laughs> Sorry, Tone. Seals doesn't go to bars with dudes. <laughs> hey, hey, Tone, you'll never see Seals. Um, at a fantasy football draft unless there's chicks there. It's just not working. I'm not sitting around a room with 25 guys asking me who they should take in the third round, wide receiver, and there's no chicks there. I don't do that. That's not my world, man. (laughs) I don't go to bars with dudes. (laughs) So wait, so Philly fans are going to be out at So High Stadium? How many ass kickings do you think they'll be versus those so-called Ram fans? Uh, let's see. Boy, I tell you, man, if I saw a dude with a Philly jersey at So High Stadium and I had a Rams gear on, I would try to. You probably have plenty of room, so you'd be able to move around. They're, they're going to overtake that. Okay, hey man, you you watch. You're going to see a bunch of Philly guys kicking the shit out of them dudes. Holy cow, you're going to be like, especially, hey, if I were Rams fans, 
you better hope they lose. <laughs> because see what the Eagle fans did to Arizona? Right? Yeah, no, Big Sales doesn't go to bars with dudes. That's been a rule since I was a kid. Nah. Who are we going with? Just me and you. Nah, no, no, no. I'm not walking into a bar with a guy. <laughs> Here's my date. No. I don't want any, I don't want anyone to have any idea. Not that that's a bad thing for some. Sales doesn't walk into bars with dudes. Unless it's an event. <laughs> uh no, I've I've been in the suite. At Eagle. I've been I ha, I've been in the suite. You know how many times I've been at the suite at uh, Lincoln Financial? Probably six. My aunt has been in the suite. Lincoln Financial is one of the greatest stadiums on the planet, man. I totally enjoyed that place. Love it. By the way, the Philly cops, I and David Robinson were at an Army Navy game, and we had such a great time. Great time. Great time. It's a great. It's a it's a great stadium. They took over the camera crew in Tampa. Dude, that's such a great fan base. Steeler fans, Packer fans, 49er fans, man. They got a lot of good fans. Okay. Okay. Right. CJM. That's what happens, man. You do walk into a bar with, with a dude and you do walk out with a dude. I don't know. I did, I don't know. I don't know how that makes you feel, but me, you know, I don't know. That may work for tone, but I don't know. <laughs> Let me take a time out. Keep it here on the National Football Show. <laughs> Come on, tone. Go to break. and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Wild, wild, wild. 
score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. steamrolled Michael Parsons is going to get steamrolled he he's totally going to get steamrolled let me show you the difference between by the way top of the hour we're going to look at week five of the NFL as we move forward here um I'm going to show you now a bullshit artist coach his name is Brian Kelly Brian Kelly versus Deion Sanders. I'll show you what a true opportunist is versus a true coach. Okay? Brian Kelly's, by the way, Deion Sanders is severely underpaid. He's making something like $6 million in today's landscape. He had to basically go on a prove-it-to-me salary. What he's doing for that university, putting it on the map every day, people talking about it. People are not even talking about Georgia and re- and going for a three-peat. No one's even bringing that up. All you do is talk about Colorado. I'll show you the difference between Brian Kelly, who I can't stand, and Deion Sanders. First and foremost, the number one question you have to ask a recruit like myself who was recruited by every big school on the planet. Who would I play for? Well, I would play first and foremost for Dion. Been there, seen it, done it. And he doesn't need the job. He wants the job. So I already know he's coming from a place where it's a passion for him. Brian Kelly, I'm not sure because of his track record. And Brian Kelly leaves Notre Dame. Why? Made all that money. Was never going to win a national title there. You know why? It's too hard a place to win. Notre Dame was never going to win a national championship ever again. Ever. They'll never win another national title. The, The restrictions are too hard. The landscape of college football is too hard. They don't really pay in nil. They're falling behind the times. They're just never going to win. They're never going to win. I don't care what coach you put in there. It's just not going to happen. They don't believe in red red shirting. It's not going to happen. He knew that. So he leaves for what? LSU. They throw Ed Ogeron out, who won a national title and actually beat Alabama. Okay? 60 and 20, SEC champion. Some of the greatest players in the history of the league are in the league because of him. 
And if you go back even to the SC guys, he recruited those guys when he was there. But they didn't like the way he chased skirts. So be it. Probably unbecoming of a college coach, but I don't care about that shit. I care about winning. If you can tolerate Hugh Freeze at Auburn using a business card and a credit card, a recruiting card for Ole Miss to go after whores and you hire him to be the head coach at Auburn and you overlook that, you can overlook Coach O chasing skirts around, can't you? This guy was using state money to go get whores on his recruiting trips. You still hired him at Auburn. It didn't seem to matter. Okay? So Brian Kelly has underachieved already this year with that team. They may lose this weekend. People at LSU want his ass out. Still makes $10 million. He's got $99 million guaranteed because of the shit he did at Notre Dame, which was nothing. Brian Kelly's the winningest coach in Notre Dame history and didn't win shit there. Every time he got into a power game, he got his doorknobs knocked off. Nothing. Every time they played against an SEC team, they got killed. So what does he do? They run O out. They bring this guy in. And now you got Deion Sanders in Colorado. And you know why you play for Deion? Deion walks in there and goes, you come with me. I'll take you to the place you want to go. Because I'm going there too. And you look at him and you go, you know, they had a kid on the sidelines that was a kid from Satellite Beach, 6'5". His name escapes me now. He's a 6'5 wide receiver that was supposed to go to Alabama or A&M. And all of a sudden now, he's kind of hedging his bets on both those places and he's added Colorado to the mix. South Florida kid has probably never seen snow in his entire life. You know, most of the kids that I played with at Miami, every place that we went late in the year and they had snow, most of those kids never saw snow. You know, some of the kids I played with never saw snow until the time they played in the NFL. They were never north of the state or wherever the college games took us. We got we went to Cincinnati one year, late in the year, and there was snow, and they go, oh, my God, it's snow. Dion is attracting kids. It's not about Colorado. You don't invest in the horse. You invest in the jockey. And Dion is the jockey of that program at Colorado. That's a real coach. Deion Sanders is changing the way things are done. It's so great. And by the way, I hope every single African-American former NFL guy like Ed Reed and everybody are watching this. And the thing you got to remember about Dion, though, he went to the place first with the shitty water the shitty facilities. He paid his own money for helmets and equipment at Jackson State. He did all that. Okay? You do have to put your time in. And now what you have is you have coaches. See, like I told you before, Skip Bayless is a race baiter. This has got nothing to do with race. This has got to do with being an obstacle. Nick Saban and Kirby Smart don't like Dion because he's black. 
they like Dion because he's doing something different. He's paying guys. He's getting them paid. He's giving them exposure. Have you guys ever seen Colorado? As many times as we've seen in a week-to-week basis. I've never seen anything like this. Maybe my school back in the day, but we were winning national championships. That team's getting throttled and still through the big noon kickoff game of the week. Or ESPN is going up there or The Rock or whomever. It's crazy great. Fantastic. He is making it so now... Dion has me wanting to buy a Shador Sanders jersey. That's great, Tone. That's great. I'm such a Shador Sanders fan. And by the way, Nil has been the greatest thing in the world for college football. There's actually more parody in it now. Because let me tell you something. If you live in the state of Texas, you better watch out for them programs in Texas. Because that oil money them people have there, uh, places like Rice, SMU, Texas Tech, the long there's you think there's any coincidence the Longhorns are number two in the country right now all of a sudden? You got a guy that's a third team quarterback at Austin right now making six million dollars a year in nil. His name is Arch Manning. Okay, he's making six million bucks. He's making more money this year right now than Bryce Young. And he's the third-team quarterback in Austin. Is there a way to watch the entire pod not live? Yeah, after the show, you can just click it on. Um, Incredible. Incredible what he's accomplished. He said he's going to hire Warren Sapp next year. Fantastic. Sapp should take the job. Warren Sapp should take the job. I have no problem. My problem is, is that my program needs all of our legendary alumni guys, including my fat ass, to be constantly supporting Mario Cristobal and what he's doing and bringing back the University of Miami. If Dion wants to give people jobs or you work for Fox and that's your gig, I, I have. I, I, how could I be anything against that? Congratulations and wonderful. And nobody is rooting against Dion. Okay, but I'm not doing, I don't give a shit about Colorado. I care about Deion Sanders and him changing the world and him being able to open up opportunities for other African-American head coaches. It's one of the most shameful things. And I'll tell you one more thing here too. Um, the One of the most shameful things and one of the reasons why I got into sports broadcasting and it's now 34 years. And I'll say it again to you. One of the most atrocious things that I've ever witnessed, and it's barely changed, maybe it's going to change for the better, has been the hiring of black coaches in college football. It has been the most disgusting thing in the history of the sport. How can you have so many legendary players give up on hope on wanting to be a head coach? You know why? Because they don't want a black face being the representative and the face of a program. That's a fact, especially in the Southeastern Conference. You got the number one conference in the country. And Sylvester Croom, who coached me at Tampa, who was one of the first African-Americans um, signed with 
Bear Bryant, who's one of my dearest friends, is a legendary SEC player, played center for Alabama, and I love Sylvester. And he's like, when, when it changes more, I'm trying to figure out now, is there a black coach right now in the Southeastern Conference? Is there a black coach in the SEC? Vanderbilt? I'm is there a black coach in the SEC? No. You don't have one black coach in the Southeastern Conference. Is that correct? Speechless. The SEC doesn't have one black coach. And no one says anything about it. Now I know why Dion didn't get the Auburn job. That's racism. That's racism. Right there. You'll hire a guy who, who, who loves whores and chases whores more than you'll hire a guy like Dion. You know why black coaches quit the process? Like my friend Doug Williams? I'm, I'm tired of banging my head against the wall. Man. For a conference that's so far ahead of everyone else, for you to have that track, I'm trying to think of black coaches that have been there. I think James Franklin was at Vandy. Um... What's his name? Kevin Sumlin was at AM. But I think AM was in the Big 12 then. We're going to move on from this topic because it makes some of you folks a little bit uncomfortable because no one in the country addresses it but me. And I have for 35 years. And I'll continue to address it until it changes. Got 137 Division I college football programs. You got eight black coaches. Solid. Power hour coming up. Hour number three. You keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Have a ball once more. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Mr. Pfizer. The Super Bowl runs through Sunday night's game. The winner of the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys will determine who represents the NFC, NFC, according to Jerry Jones. How do you feel about that? He has no... He doesn't really look at you as an obstacle. San Francisco, Super Bowl runs through them. Super Bowl runs through San Fran. And we just have to be playing them. And if we beat them, Super Bowl will run through Dallas in his eyes. Oh, that'll be a big win. That'll put the entire league on notice if they're able to win. Oh, be, that's the biggest game for both teams. Big, biggest game for both teams, man. Yes, sir. Woo. Oh, man. Wow. Can you imagine Dallas? Dallas wins that game. I would say this. Dallas would be favored. They would be. Toughest team, Dallas. Toughest team San Francisco has faced. Toughest team you faced. Let me guess. Washington? Wait. The Bucks? Probably the Bucks. Bucks? So the toughest team that the 49ers have faced has probably been 
Steelers. And the toughest team you've played, Washington? Who? Hey, I'll leave that up to you. Who are the toughest teams that you've played? Who's the toughest team you've played so far? I know the Rams have played the Seahawks. Tampa. Well coached, three and one. Okay. It's a well coached team, Tampa. McCaffrey is going to kill their defense, especially if you let Arizona run like that on you. Death Row, I would say this to you. Name me a position where Dallas is more physical than San Francisco in that Sunday game. Hey, Sills, Washington better than the Bucks? 50 50 on that. Or am I off? Um, Buccaneers versus Washington. Who would win? Probably Washington. Washington's probably a better team. Great coaches. They got some pretty good coaches down in Tampa. But I don't think they have the offensive personnel. You don't have the enemy in Del Rio and Rivera. Rivera got conservative. Should have punched it in on you. I just, man, just, well, you got, hey, when you when you got somebody like that, that is ready to go, and you don't kill that guy, and he comes back and beats you in a gunfight, that's a you thing. Great game tomorrow night. Can't wait to watch. <laughs> well, Chicago, Washington. Wow, man. We're going to get to that here in a minute. I want to, before we go, because I brought this up about, um, before we go on to week five here, um, I, I, I brought this up the other day about Jared Goff and how well he's played, okay? Hey, Sills, the Rangers are smoking the Rays right now. Hey, I'll tell you what, one thing is for sure. See this about the Rays? Got a lot further than the Mets and the Yankees and the Red Sox and, let's see, the Cubs. And those guys, let's see. Watch this, Tone. The Rays spent $68 million bucks. The Red Sox spent $230. Yankees, $240. $310 for the Mets. And two twenty-five for the Cubs. See, that's five, five, seven, ten, <laughs> five. They spent a billion dollars, those four teams. This that team spent sixty-eight thousand, sixty-eight million dollars. <laughs> four teams died in the playoffs, spent a billion dollars. And they spent sixty-eight million dollars. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. You spent Hey, you know what, man? Tough way to exit the playoffs with that $68 million payroll. A lot better than those four teams collectively with a billion dollars in payroll. Who would you rather be? Well, there's always next year for the Rays. Another 95-win season. <laughs> those other teams. Buck Walters like, damn, I got fired? Wasn't I coach of the year last year? <laughs> what happened to that guy? <laughs> All right, real quick here. Um, did the Stafford golf deal work out great for both teams? How many times have you ever seen a quarterback swap work out for both? 
How do you think that thing's going with Seattle and Denver right now? How's that looking with the Jets and Green Bay right now? Huh? Rams got their Super Bowl. Lions got their rebuild. This is amazing. Both parties benefited tremendously in a deal that you thought was one-sided at one time. People had more faith in Wilson going to Denver than Seattle surviving and being one of the better teams in the NFC. Seattle became one of the better teams in the NFC without Russell Wilson. Carroll was right the whole time. This guy's holding us back. He kept trying to do it innuendo-wise. You know how? Pulling him back on being part of the pass offense. Russell Wilson's tough to coach. My takeaway from Russell Wilson's time in Seattle is this. Russell Wilson needed Pete Carroll. Tom Brady needed Bill Belichick early. But once that relationship, and he outgrew it, he didn't need that guy. He took his talents to Tampa. He didn't need him. Russell Wilson needed Pete Carroll. And it's totally played out that way. I did not hear what Marshawn Lynch said about Russell Wilson. I love Beast Mode. Man, one of my favorite players. Dude, when he left that team, that was the end of it. When he left that team, Ken Chancellor left that team, all them dudes in that secondary, Richard Sherman and all them brothers out there, man, those guys were awesome. They were a brotherhood. They were all a brotherhood, man. They were brothers on that side of the ball, Michael Bennett. What a great brotherhood you had in that whole entire group. Uh, Cam Chancellor, Michael Bennett, um, uh, Richard Sherman. Those guys, it was a tremendous brotherhood. Just absolutely amazing on what they did together. Then what they decided to do was put the team in the hands of Russell Wilson. And what did you get out of that? Pete Carroll kept going. He's not the, he's not the reason we're winning. He's not. Okay. Pete Carroll's now rebuilt. Seattle without him went to the playoffs. Russell Wilson looks like shit. Earl Thomas. Another part of that brotherhood. What a great group of men on the. Di- hey, by the way, you know, I mean, who was wasn't Dan Quinn up there too? Dan Quinn was up there as part of the uh, the defensive coaching staff up there too. You had Dan Quinn. I forget you had that other guy up there too, who was part of the defense, and he was like the assistant D coordinator too. Okay. Just love what Pete, Pete, Pete Carroll's a Hall of Fame coach. Russell Wilson. He looks terrible without Pete. Okay? Just terrible. Terrible, man. 
Um, Pete called that dumbass play. Pete called the dumbass play in the national title game, too. When he went for it on, what was it, fourth down? Texas SC game. Came back to haunt him. Young goes down the sidelines. And they win the Super Bowl. He has two big games where he, you know, you selected play calling there, hurt him. In so many words, he basically said Wilson thought he was above his teammates. And Pete Carroll coddled Wilson. Also, at one point when he was in Seattle, Lynch tried to give Wilson a phone call, but didn't have his number. He asked the staff for Wilson's number, and instead Wilson called Lynch from a blocked number. And that's a guy you guys made a trade for. And the only reason Russell Wilson's not the starting quarterback in Philadelphia is because he voided the deal, not because they didn't make the deal. Sometimes the best moves are the moves you don't make. The Eagles lucked out. Marshawn Lynch ain't going to lie for anybody. <laughs> if that guy says something, I pretty much would put it in stone. Dude, Russell Wilson was difficult to coach. Holy shit, man. You got to kiss that. Do you think they kissed Jalen Hurts' ass in, in Philly? Do you think they're kissing his ass in Philly? Boy, I do not. I think Jalen welcomes being coached hard because he was coached hard by his dad. Isn't it, isn't it, is, don't, do you think there's a coincidence Brady was coached hard? Hertz is coached hard? Tom Moore coached Peyton Manning hard in Indianapolis? Do you think there's any coincidence to that? I don't think so. Hertz wouldn't even let it happen. They're not coddling them. That's why when we're talking about his standard of where he sees himself right now, you're the only softies. Don't be so mean when he's being meaner than I am to his, to his own self. You guys are the ones that are the weak ones. He's playing A-plus football. He don't believe that. You know, I would say this to you. How about this one? What grade do you think Jalen Hurts is giving himself right now? What grade do you think Jalen's given himself? This is all you need to know about people who answer. About the person who's answering the question more than about the question itself. So answer correctly. Wheels, I don't think he would think he's doing an F. I, I, I don't think he's there. Incomplete? I don't think he's a fence straddler. Tom, what do you think Grady's given himself? Chris, you think he really thinks he's doing D? Don't you think he's probably looking at himself as a D plus, C, C minus, somewhere in there? 
and where he thinks he is right now. Yeah, C minus. C's probably being a little bit. But yeah, you guys see him. Some of you see him as an A, B. That's all you need to know on how certain people in here answer questions that I ask you guys. C plus Frederick, maybe, because could you you know why Frederick? Why I would I would probably go C plus? Is because he's dealing with a shitty coordinator, and he saw signs of them pulling out of it in the second half of the Washington game. Jalen has to deal with two things going on right. Hey, by the way, the opponents aren't holding Jalen Hurts back. The organization is. He's fighting a coordinator. He's fighting different schemes. He's fighting what Boomer – hey, what Boomer Esiason said two weeks ago is becoming more, more to the point. He's got to learn to play with his contract too. Notice that everyone is saying C, but they are – Screaming A plus from the mountaintop. <laughs> yeah, when I give it to him, though, you know, and I ask it from his perspective, you see it differently. I really like that question. Um, whoever asked that question about what, Sills, if you didn't use the coordinators as part of the evaluation, what would you give Jalen Hurts? And I said, probably. I, I I would probably give him with all the things he's battling a B plus. But Jalen's gonna be harder on himself, probably C plus, C in there, C minus, maybe. Yeah, senior, that's I, I mean, the coordinator itself. Okay. The coordinator is killing and the coordinator and Howie are killing Jalen Hurts. Can I tell you why? Why is Howie hurting Jalen? Okay, let's do this. Whose decision do you think it was to make Kenny Gainwell more of a focal point of the offense than Dallas Goddard? Whose coaching decision is that? Or is that a front office decision? You know why Kenny Gainwell's being used more? They're trying to limit Jalen Hurts' ability to run the ball. You think Kenny Gainwell's more of a threat in the run game than Jalen Hurts? What is Jalen's grade without coaches? Okay, very good, senor. Think about it. So Nick Sirianni, you say, is 100% behind Kenny Gainwell. Nick Sirianni has no say at all as a head coach. Zero. Do you actually think that he hired and signed and worked out that cornerback that you just signed, that's a Howie move. Howie tells you who plays on that team. Howie puts the people on that team. Nick doesn't. It was Howie's call to draft Jalen Carter. It was Howie's call to get rid of Isaac Sayamalo. It was Howie's call to bring in Hassan Reddick. It was Howie's call to hire Brian Johnson. It was Howie's call to bring in Sean Desai. Had nothing to do with Nick. So, with all that being said, why wouldn't he have a say in the philosophy and the approach of how those talents are to be used? You have to understand why I have an ass with that decision-making process. 
Is that not the GM's job? No. The GM's job, according to Kevin Colbert, who is a dear friend of mine, have been on this program numerous times, is to work with the coach, not above the coach. Sundays are yours. Practices are yours. I give you the talent. I give you the players. You're there to formulate what kind of approach you want to use with the coaching staff. Bill Polingen used to say this to Tony Dungy when Dungy got fired in Tampa. And Tony Dungy's been on our program. You know what he said to him? What's a Tony Dungy type of player? What kind of guy do you want in here? What kind of player do you want to have on your defense? What kind of offense do you want to run? Tony said, let's keep Tom Moore. They're very happy with the offense. Tony didn't want to upset the offense. Why should he? It's prolific. Yet Wayne Harrison, he wasn't looking to change anything, but he wanted more team speed. Did you ever notice when Dungy was in Indianapolis, the team became smaller? Why? Because they ran the Tampa 2. Very few teams were running the Tampa 2. You have to have linebackers like Derek Brooks who could play to run, who could drop back into coverage and cover tight ends and backs. Those are rare breeds to find. So Polian went around looking for the ID. It's kind of like a serial killer profile with the FBI guy. Nobody gives a shit what the name is on the back of the jersey. You put all of that into a meat grinder, and a particular name comes out who fits your system. The system your coach wants to run. In Philly, they run a system the GM and the organization wants you to run. That's why nothing has changed, and it's predictable now. Am I wrong? This season, Jalen Hurts hasn't cost us any games yet, but he hasn't taken over and had to win us any games either. I think any B grade is fair for now. Um, I didn't ask you that question, but I think he had a I think he's a B plus with all the bullshit he's got in his head. What philosophy does Nick even bring to Philly? Cheerleading. Nick is the most expendable person in the Philadelphia locker room. Look at your previous coaches. If you could fire Andy Reid and Doug Peterson, what's he to it? He's not a play caller. Oh, wait. It was his decision, according to you, on having Gainwell more part of the offense. When he was the play caller, the team was 2-5. and five. Um, Let's see what else. It was his decision to run the ball late in games. Jesus, I would never want that guy to run my offense. I don't think it's him. I think he's doing it because of the guys upstairs. Because that's what they want. Comes out in a press conference and tells you that, I got to get Angelo on tomorrow. He, come, he, he comes into a press conference and tells you Brian Johnson's doing a great job. Really? He ain't the CEO. How he's the CEO. He's a he's a guy that works in a department. Nick Sirianni is not the CEO. How he's the CEO. How he delegates, hires, fires, promotes, evaluates, and is involved in the roster on Sundays. Who in the world would who in their right mind would think, hey, do me a favor, Tone. How many touches does Kenny Gainwell have this year catching and um, running the ball? 
carries and catches. How many does how many does Gainwell have this year so far? And how many does Goddard have? I'll even go with targets. I'll I'll, I'll even besides catches, I'll even give I'll even give Dallas Goddard the targets. Okay? I'll give him the targets. Who's touched the ball more in the first month of the season? I want to know. Has it been Gainwell or Goddard? I can promise you this. Only reason Travis Kelsey doesn't have bigger numbers is because Travis Kelsey's the only guy in that Kansas City offense, and he missed game one. Okay? Kenny, and, but the kid Pacheco's not bad. How, I, I mean, seriously. I mean, Kenny Gainwell? Gainwell has 32 carries. Goddard has 19 targets. It's almost two to one. Because I'm sure he only has like, what, 17 catches for 88 yards? Kenny Gainwell has touched the ball in the first month of the season more than your all-pro tight end. Who's coaching that? Who is coaching that? (laughs) Who's coaching that Kenny Gainwell if you put him anywhere else in the league, <laughs> I don't know if he makes the roster. So you have a backup running back with more, more impact in the game or the first month of the season than a $15 million Pro Bowl tight end. Oh, you bet it's the GM. You know how you know this? What's the golden rule? Does everybody know what the golden rule is in the NFL? Honestly, this staff should be drug tested for this sad reality we're in. Thank you, Tone. Tone goes like this. I can't believe this comparison. What's the golden rule in the NFL? If you pay them, you play them. You got you got Kenny Gainwell with more opportunities to impact the game than a guy who's making fifteen and a half million dollars. <laughs> Him, dude. I could see Swift having more. I totally could see Swift. This is all about protecting and going conservative with Jalen Hurts. Those 32 carries are Hertz's carries. They gave him the gain well. Do you don't you see it? They're trying to establish. That's why the word is they're looking for another running back. You know why they're looking for another running back? They're looking for another power back. You know why? Those 32 carries are Jalen Hurts's carries. But they've shifted him to a guy who's not quite. Jalen Hurts. You're never going to find an elect. Jalen Hurts is third and 11 is electric, fearful, scary to defend. 
scary to defend. Just win. Yeah, just win. You're not a Super Bowl team right now the way you're thinking. How about this? Tone, everyone, wouldn't you agree? It's not that you're not a Super Bowl team. You don't have a Super Bowl mentality right now as a coaching staff. Wait, hold on now, Sills. Sills. How he believes in following the money he drafted and paid Goddard, so I feel like he would want Goddard to get touches over Gainwell, not at the expense of $55 million. Those carries being taken away are to protect the $55 million. Goddard's 15? Sure. That's not much of a disaster if Goddard's out. If Hurts is out, you have $55 million of a quarterback who's an impactful player on the bench or in the tent, I'd rather have Goddard in the tent and in the bench or in the locker room or on IR than that guy. So the carries, they're looking at it carries-wise. Okay? They're looking at it carries-wise. They're, preser- they're trying to protect this guy. Instead of letting the guy play. There's no excuse for Gainwell to have 32 touches. Okay? Yeah, I mean, Tone, they've sacrificed Dallas Goddard for Jalen not having to run the ball as much. That's why they're establishing this other guy. And that's why the word is they're looking for another running back. Running back? I'd be like this. What's wrong with Swift? And shit, you're trying to establish Gainwell. What's what's the issue here? You need another safety, dog. That guy, Terrell Edmonds, can't play. I don't know what you're talking about here. You paid the guy, and now you're not playing the guy. Very anti-Howie. Yeah, so here, most coaches get their ass reamed when you do this, how come you're not playing? To, hey, so who's that guy that just got traded back um, to – Tone, who's that guy that just got traded back to the Patriots? That that was then J.C. Jackson? So you think that was Brandon Staley? Decision to sit him a healthy sit? Or do you think that was Tom Telesco and and – that was the Spanos family. And now they got a seventh rounder for him back. I mean, he's being treated the same way that Darrell Rivas was. Darrell Rivas goes back to New England, has another great year, and steals more money from other teams. Get this. And the Chargers are still still paying him the bulk of the deal. So who do, you, do you think that was really Brandon Staley's decision? Hey, you know what? I'm going to have a healthy scratch with a guy making buku money. Or don't you think that was a front office decision? Oh, but that only works, you know, other places, but not in your joint, Nate Sudfeld says. Oh, I see. It's a funny business. That's why free agents back in the day barely had chances to make teams because a general manager is not going to keep a free agent on the team. And I'll tell you this, Quite frankly, about T.J. Edwards, 
TJ Edwards had no chance of being on a team, no matter how good he was. You know why? They found him in free agency, and they're always going. People just overlooked the, the linebacker that you cut that you drafted in the third round. Didn't you cut a linebacker you drafted in the third round this year? Same round that Nicobe Dean went, right? Patriots are clever. They let Jackson walk in free agency, watch another team pay him, then found a way to get him back. Absolutely. And he knows the system up there. And he'll go up there and Belichick, who has a 10th-ranked defense right now, will put him back into position where his value is good, and then he'll deal him next year. Absolutely. That's how you do business. That's how you create value. Yeah, T.J. Edwards. I mean, T.J. Edwards on an Eagle team, he's a free agent. He's a UDFA. His chances of being on a ball club in Philly, you know, they didn't draft him. There's no equity there. They weren't paying him a ton of money. So, of course, you let him walk. But when you draft a guy like N'Kobe Dean and you put your resources into it, you're drafting, you're flying guys down, you're watching them play games, you're paying them, you're coaching them, your player development, and he doesn't pan out, that's a you thing. So who do you think they're going to want to play? Zach Cunningham or Nicholas Smurl or N'Kobe Dean? That's not an Eagle thing. That's an NFL thing. That's that's an NFL thing. They've got to answer to they got to answer to owners for spending money. Do you know how John Lynch is getting over right now? John Lynch is getting over because the Christian McCaffrey move, long as he stays healthy, Christian McCaffrey has changed the game for San Francisco. And the draft picks that they sent to Carolina, that was a genius move. See, he is spectacular. He is playing as one of the greatest offensive weapons in the league today is McCaffrey. He's, he's going to get a 1,000. Hey, do you think this? That a 1,000-yard rusher and a 1,000-yard receiver with 80 catches, you think that's a big deal? You think that's a big deal? A running back on a maybe 14 and 2 team, right? Or 13 and 5, whatever. 13 and 4. You, do you think a thousand yards receiving and a thousand yards rushing is a big deal in your offense when you got Debo Samuel and Ayuk and you have George Kittle? You think that's a big deal? I do. Look at what it does to your player development at quarterback. And the quarterback is now developing. The Trey Lance disaster, albeit a disaster, three ones, you're getting value back in this. Purdy's turning out to be what Cousins was in Washington after RG3 got hurt. That's how you save your job. You save your job in multiple moves. Look how many shitty moves Howie Roseman has made in his career as the general manager of the Eagles. But look how many of the impactful moves he's made to get them in positions to be in an NFC championship conversation. He's made more of those. That's what you're looking to do. This is not about one move. It's about a collection of moves. That's why when you see a deal like Dean 
He's got a lot invested in Dean. He has nothing invested in Zach Cunningham, but he can't do it at the expense of losing. He just can't. John Lynch made the worst draft pick in NFL history. He also may have made the greatest draft pick in the history of the NFL. If Purdy wins the Super Bowl, making 900 grand. That's an offset. You made one of the biggest draft decision mistakes because you paid Wentz in NFL history. But because you drafted Jalen in the second round, that move doesn't look as much of a hurtful pain. Right? When, of course, all of you wanted. Clearly one of my favorites. This is how you answer that question every time I ask it. How many people out there really wanted Jalen Hurts in the second? I did. (laughs) 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 Oh, no, there's some sort of like like, uh, Tourette's twitch. Who, like like a guy like Quan. Hey, Quan, did you want to move? Of course I did. Of course I did. Of course I did. <laughs> hey, hey, this is how Quan answers that question. Hey, Quan, did you like the second round pick of Jalen Hurts? Of course I did. Of course I did. Of course I did. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, sir. <laughs> hmm. Yes, sir, baby. Of course I did. Of course I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I haven't even got to week five. I'm going to take a time out here. We'll take a look at these upcoming games. I appreciate everybody coming aboard. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. 
Corinth save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. I did. Of course I did. Of course I did. <laughs> uh, even Tone. Here's Tone. Hey, Tone, what do you think of the Hurts deal? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm a fan now. I mean, no, no, what? No. Sorry, I didn't hear it. <laughs> what do you think? Every time I ask that question to Eagle fans, you know what they do? You know, because Eagle fans are like big seals. You guys got like, you know, you're, you're, you're loud. You're all this and that. But every time you start doing this, right, Tone? Hey, man, what'd you think of the Hurts deal? Hey, look. I'm sorry. I didn't hear that. What'd you say? I can't hear you. I don't, I don't trust people who whisper. Anybody who whispers, um, I don't trust any. Yeah. <laughs> I don't trust anybody who whispers. If you're standing in the dark and you're talking to me or you're whispering, I don't trust you. Hey, did you like that? Come again? I didn't hear you. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, hey. Quan's like this. Hey, baby. You know, I did Quan, did you like the Jalen Hurts move? I'm sorry. Um, is that Swahili? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not understanding the lingo here. What, where are we going with this? We can have this converse, Hurts conversation in a dark alley with trench coats on, <laughs> fedora. Blue horseshoe says. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Not you, Quan. No way. You're like the greatest talent evaluator and drafter of all time. What are you talking about? I don't trust anybody that defends Dak Prescott. Who you mean? Eight and three, Dak? Hey, Philadelphia. Here, let me let me hook you up with something here. Philadelphia, Dak Prescott, Eagles. I'm filling out an invoice for ownership papers to your franchise. And I'm going to forward them over to Stephen Jones. Do you want to, where do you want to sign? Hey, Philadelphia, where do you want to sign? 
the, uh, the Dak Prescott ownership papers. Philadelphia just signed on the X right here. Thank you, shit. Not against you. You know, and you know what that is? That's not an opinion. That's actually not an opinion. Yes, it is. It's a lie. So the eight and three is a lie? The 78% completion percentage is a lie? The five touchdowns a year ago was a lie? Yeah! (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, since 17, have beat Eagles backups. Really? Well, did Jalen Hurts play defense? When he threw for five TDs, I didn't know those guys played corner too. Like Travis Hunter, right? They're, they're two-way players. Man, are you dumb. Anyway, hey, it's all good, kid. You might want to take the rest of the day off, man. It's all good. Trust me. Try again tomorrow. I'm always here. Two to six Eastern now. Um, I'm here for you. I'm like a resident doctor. You know, kind of like phone a doc. That's what this has turned into. Phone a doc. I'm here to help, kid. Look at look at look at even LJ. LJ's in a position right now where he comes and he sits on the couch for a little bit, and I'm here to help him too. Quan too, man. But the thing with Quan though, we have to give him a sedative every now and then because you know it's he's just uh, kind of you know some guys need sedatives, some guys don't need sedatives. Quan needs a sedative. Okay. Bear Brooks head, Sean Desai looks like Dak Prescott, and I can't see it. I don't either. I'm with you, Chris. I'm totally with you. Oh, no, not Philadelphia again. Oh, my God, Philadelphia, take the rest of the day off, son. There. I gave your moment of fame. Congratulations to you. Cool. Okay? Great. Look at Charles. Hey, hey, Charles. Struggling? I could do 50 hours. Struggling? <laughs> Big Seals doesn't struggle in anything he does. Hey, by the way, son. Hey, Scott. I might have four watchers at one moment. Or, excuse me, four people in the chat. Because that's not indicative of who watches. See, that's what he – do you understand something? The people that are in the chat are less than 1% of the total people that watch the thing. You don't get that, do you? Huh. There, Scott, you're famous for four seconds. You can go tell your wife tonight when you're laying in bed, Big Sills recognize me. Congratulations to you, son. <laughs> Got up this morning, Silly will recognize me. How you doing, baby? All right. Week five of the National Football League. Who do you got in this iconic game between Chicago and Washington? 
So am I right when I say this? Washington's going to have a three and two record after week five. Could have had a four and one record because they had the Eagles on the ropes, decided to let them off the ropes. Three and two after five games. Washington just might actually make the playoffs. Sunday game. Dougie P and Trevor Lawrence versus Buffalo. I think Buffalo Buffalo's my pick to go to the Super Bowl from the AFC. Looking good, ain't they? Uh. Uh. Four and one, baby. My my Buffalo pick looks awful good. Baltimore, Pittsburgh. Hey, is that is that um, Kenny Pecky kid playing? Both, hey, is it? Am I right when I say this? Baltimore, they win this game. They go to four and one on the season. Baltimore looks awful good. They're getting better. Their old line looks really good. Carolina, Detroit. So Detroit's going to go to four and one. Am I right when I say that? Four and one, Detroit. Have they lost any other games? Houston, Atlanta, D'Amico Ryans. What's what's Houston's record right now? What, what's Houston's record? Okay. What's Houston's record? Are they two and are are, are they are they two and two? They can't be two and three. It's only been four games played. This is week five. Two and two. Man, D'Amico Ryans is going to put a rookie quarterback into a three and two position in the AFC, and I thought the Texans were the worst team in pro football. What a remarkable job of coaching. Man, what a great hire. You know, the Texans don't get a lot of shit, right? But, boy, I'll tell you, man, he looks like a – hey – he looks like a better hire than Robert Saylor does in New York. Man, what a great hire. New Orleans versus New England. Could Bill Belichick leave New England at the end of the year for another job? Where would he go? Where would Belichick go for another job? Would he take the Jet job finally? If they fire him, would would Aaron Rodgers play with Belichick? I, I do not believe Belichick. If he if there's some parting of the ways, I do not believe he's just going to go into the sunset. Okay. Look at some of these guys in here. Who would want them? Oh, you're so. Let me, I I know all you Eagle guys think that Nick's better coach than than Bill Belichick. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> because of the great coaching job you guys have been doing this year so far, <laughs> Howie would never hire a guy like that. You kidding? You couldn't. He couldn't be put back in the broom closet like that again. Can't handle it. 
That's why he's got fail safes all over the organization right now. He's got fail safes all over the place. He's got his guys and his minions everywhere and his spies everywhere. That's what Doug Peterson told me. How we spies are everywhere. Hey, my name is Alshon Jeffries. Giants versus Miami. Oh, I could see another 60 spot being put up on this bad puppy. I like that. Cleveland. Go back to Cleveland. Let's see here. Keon goes, you didn't talk to Doug. So wait. So when Frank Reich, and by the way, I think I got a picture of me sacking him. Do I have a picture of me sacking Doug Peterson? I think I do. Oh, not this one. Let's see. Not this one. I got a picture somewhere of me sacking him. Oh, here it is. Here's Doug right there. Big Seal's getting ready to kill him. When he played for the New York, New Jersey Knights. Frank's his boy, too. And we're all friends. You don't know these gungs. <laughs> yeah. How you doing, man? Don't worry, Quan. Don't worry, man. Pretty soon you'll be able, you'll be able to go home, man. Hang on. A couple more minutes, dog. Uh, hey, Doug played in it, too. So did Kurt Warner. He played in it. Kurt Warner went to the Hall of Fame, didn't he? Tennessee, Indiana. Shane Steichen's done a nice job there. I could see them beating Tennessee. How about this one? What if Jonathan Gannon beats Joe Burrow and the Bengals are one and four? Is it over? Jets at Denver. This will be the end of Russell Wilson because Sean Payton needs an excuse and it'll be the $48 million quarterback. Mr. Sierra will be benched. Don't you think, guys? Mr. Sierra will be benched after this weekend. What do you think, Tone? Mr. Sierra benched? Right? Dallas, San Francisco. There it is. Dallas, San Francisco. How do you see this game playing out? San Francisco. I saw a score up here earlier. 31-7. 
Hey, Maniac, thank you, dude. Thank you very much. Yeah, Mr. Sierra's going to get benched. Hey, Maniac, don't you think Mr. Sierra's going to get benched? Right? That's his new name from now on. Mr. Sierra. <laughs> By the way, man, she's one of the top five great-looking women on the history of the planet. Okay? Sierra's insane great. Yes. So Mr. Sierra goes down. I got 31-7. I see that score throwing up a lot. So I'm going to go there, man. I think San Francisco kicks the living tar out of that team. Then on Monday night, you got Green Bay and the Raiders. I don't know. There's some there's some dog shit games, but that's San Francisco-Dallas game. Two best teams in the NFC are playing. <laughs> All Dallas has to do is put on Eagles gear. Brock Purdy might start seeing us on Reddit coming off the edge. Maybe so, man. Hey, guys, I appreciate it. You guys are a ton of fun every day. Thank you so much, man. Xander, Big Joe, thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate it more than you know today. <laughs> uh, only they understand. Okay, Tone, thank you very much, man. You were awesome today, as always. Thank you. Enjoy your weekend or enjoy your night. We'll catch you tomorrow going three, two to six, excuse me, two to six, and we'll see you on the flip side. and Hooters, the perfect pair. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.